3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Vanessa coming to you live from the Rise and Run meetup at Wine and Dine. Happy running. Thank you, Vanessa. Thanks for leaving us that recording. That was from our meetup at Wine and Dine. Had a whole bunch of folks there. It was so great to see everyone. And it's great to be back with you, my friends. Welcome to episode 113 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here with Allie. Hi, friends. With Jack. Hiya. With John. Hey, how you doing? With Alicia. Hello. And with Greg. Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, aloha, my friend. I, I, hey, how was the trip? It was incredible. And the one thought I had over the course of the week, Bob, was, I you know, Grant, I know you were in the Army and you got put all over the globe, but once you got there, why did you leave? <laughs> I, you know, well, I didn't have a choice, but yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah. Uh, it was beautiful, and we were fortunate. We were there four and a half years, I believe. So yeah, that was that uh, was spectacular. I really did love it, and I saw the photos. Looked like you had a wonderful time. I'm mm-hmm. really happy for you. Happy birthday, by the way. Happy yeah. birthday! Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. birthday! Happy anniversary! And uh, yeah, we're we're glad you had a good time. All right, friends. Episode one thirteen. Hey, you know we missed you. I mean. I know it's only been one week since we've recorded it, but I miss it. And I'm glad I'm glad to be back talking with you. I think we all are. Uh, our guest this evening, we've got a group of friends that we first visited with in July of 22. It's a crew from the hashtag Run Dopey group. Great bunch of people. They ran the New York City Marathon. They talk about a bunch of things. They talk about the Run Dopey group and their account of the New York City Marathon will have you wanting to go sign up for it here before the episode's even over. In the race report spotlight, our friend Jody is going to tell us about the Battleship 12K in Mobile, Alabama. My friends, if you enjoy the Rise and Run podcast, please, please share us with your friends. Let them know about it. Introduce them to the Rise and Run family. We would love to have them join us. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at Rise and Run Podcast, on Instagram at Rise and Run Pod, and check out our new YouTube channel. Visit our webpage, riseandrunpodcast.com. If you have a question, a comment, you'd like to tell us about one of your recent races, maybe you want to introduce an upcoming episode, please give us a call. 727-266-2344. Leave us a recorded message. The Rise and Run Podcast is sponsored by our good friends, 
at Magic Bound Travel. I was I was thinking of Brad and Maggie earlier today. The weather folks in Florida, at least on the local TV channel I watch, they do something I think is kind of mean. At this time of year, they'll do a little weather report from some other part of the country. And they were showing the weather in Boone, North Carolina today. I know that's where Brad and Maggie are. They were they said, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, these leaves were all beautiful. And now they're all off the trees. And it's 45 degrees in Boone, North Carolina. And it's windy. And they're waiting for their first snow. And I'm sitting out here outside where it's 75 degrees. And I don't know why they do that. Maybe, maybe it's just to make us feel better about living down here. But hey. I was thinking about you, Brad and Maggie. Hope you're staying warm up there in North Carolina. Friends, Magic Bound Travel is the place to go to help you out with all your run Disney vacation needs. Check them out. MagicBoundTravel.com is the website. Jack, you have published another YouTube video for us. Well, guys, as you know, we had a ton of fun at Wine and Dines, so we thought it'd be fun to kind of showcase our weekend to you guys. It was an absolute blast. Uh, Now, we do have, uh, now because it is Thanksgiving, there will not be a video out this week. I almost forgot that it was Thanksgiving week for whatever reason, so we are going to skip this week. But moving on forward, it will come out every week after that on Fridays at 5 a.m. If you guys are getting ready for Marathon Weekend or any of the other races for Run Disney, um, we did take footage of the expos. More than likely, the expos are all going to be the same. So I would like to go ahead and get you guys ready and let you know what to expect for the expos for each weekend. Nice. So... That'll be coming out in about a week and a half. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jack. Sounds like fun. Check it out, please, my friends. YouTube, search for Rise and Run podcast. You guys, we love you so much. And we're so extremely happy to announce some of our new family Patreon members. Jack, I would like to welcome the following new Patreons. Our friend Christy from Livonia, Michigan. I hope I pronounce, I know I pronounced Christy right. I'm not sure I p- pronounced Livonia right. Watch it be Christe or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who it is. I know who this is. I also know this next fella, our friend Jeff from Disney with the Ducks. Now, oh, hi, Jeff. If I thought Livonia was tough, how about <laughs> Good Tusker, Tusker Wawas, Ohio? <laughs> Tuscar Wawas. <laughs> I'm going with that. Tuscar Wawas, Ohio. Catherine, thank you for, be, for being from St. Leonard, Maryland. <laughs> and Caitlin from Walnutport, Pennsylvania. Get out of Walnutport? Really? My yeah. nana lives in the next town over. Is that that's right? So, that's Where so that? cool. Center part of the state somewhere, Greg? Uh, no, more. It, it's, it's the eastern part of the state, but just south of the Poconos, though. Okay. Okay, nice area, pretty area there. Uh, but yeah, so that is some of the new Patreons we've picked up. And Greg, part of that is from the contest that we are sponsoring that you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. 
Absolutely. Yeah. For about the last month or so, we've been promoting our little contest to have, uh, you know, more of our awesome rising runners join our Patreon community. And again, uh, our current Patreon members um, were uh, enrolled into this contest as well as our new members as well for that Tokyo Disneyland 40th anniversary popcorn bucket. So without further ado, I have everyone's name in the famous wheelofnames.com. We're going to give it a spin here. It's going, it's going, it's going. There's so many names on here. This is awesome to see. And our winner is Kelly. So Kelly, congratulations. And we will get this out to you in short order. Uh, hopefully before the holiday, if not um, sometime early next week. So congratulations. Thanks. Thanks to all of our patrons. We appreciate so very much your support of the Rise and Run podcast. And it's nice to have you along as part of the family. In the apologies and alibis section, haven't done this for a while. We'll get to training in just a minute. But first, the apologies and alibis section. And I am amused by this because... We actually recorded segments of episode 112 before we did 111. In 111, in 112, we talked about the chips coming back, how I wanted the chips to come back in the blue box of food. Well, what we forgot to talk about in the wine and dine race recap was that in fact, the chips are back. So the chips came back. We knew it. Then the next week we're saying we wish the chips come back, would come back. And it turns out, and we're, I'm surprised to find this out. It turns out we owe it all to our friend, Brian. Yeah, we do. Yeah. For, uh, for dressing up as a chip, as a bag of chips to hammer home, with the run Disney crew that we needed them back, they're back. So, Wouldn't that have been hysterical though if more of the things that we talked about in that in that pre recorded episode, you know, like came back to fruition, like you know, the race shirts were champion and oh all of a sudden they, they made like a last minute course change and all of a sudden now we were going through three parks. That would have been that would have been wild. <laughs> Maybe maybe we're fortune tellers, Bob. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? this next one when the shirts are champion. And I'd like to say again, the champion shirts. <laughs> Can we also put out there medals that were prior to COVID as well? Yeah. Because I was putting up all of my medals because um, I oh, just they're moved. all chipped. They're all chipped except yeah. the ones prior to 2020. Same. Ones that like I kn- they've been hanging up for weeks and then I look at them and they're like flaking. And I'm like, How- I haven't even touched them or like bumped them or anything. Right. Yeah. I must be lucky. I haven't noticed either that or I'm not looking at them with my glasses on one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. All right. But anyway, the chips are back and I'm glad I'm dressing as a champion shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Or I could dress as a new balance. uh, Yeah. We should all dress as the new balance shoes. Oh my god! We can't. I don't think we can. Alicia, can you dress as the Osborne uh, Festival of Dancing? The Osborne lights. lights. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I will be your Christmas tree 
<laughs> we can make it work. Uh, Jack, <laughs> I, I don't know if that would fit within the new costume guidelines. Okay, what if what if we did wrap ourselves around in lights and they're flashing to music that was going on that you have with you? <laughs> little, little, like nothing like Christmas Eve Sarajevo on a loop for thirteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, before we totally lose control, let's take a look at uh, let's take a look what's on the training calendar. Marathon weekend. If you're listening on the day of release of this episode, chances are six weeks from today, you will have already completed the 5K on Marathon Weekend because we are just six weeks away from the start of that weekend event. We are on training week 22. This is this is one of what I call the mini sims. We've been doing some of these walk and then run events, but this is the first one where we're, the numbers are really starting to get big. And the mileage on this weekend's long run for training is 23 miles. Week 22, the long run is 23 miles. Let's talk more about that in just a moment. Disneyland's the week after. It's seven weeks away. The long run for this weekend, four miles, training week 11. It's training week five for Princess. 13 weeks away. Sounds like a long time, but it's going to be here before we know it. Long run for this weekend is three miles. All right, my friends, anybody have any updates on their training? Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? I know you were kind of... uh struggling at the end of wine and dine with me and then so i'm curious how how your training is going from that because i know it was a little painful for you for that but you were doing okay and you finished i'm doing okay um i got a new job so i'm kind of walking six to seven miles a day so that's kind of helping me out knees feel pretty good so you know i mean i'm not going to overdo anything because like i said i'm here for the big picture and you know what? Um, I know that I can't do a lot or I, I don't want to re-injure myself. So I'm just being a conservative in my training. Wait, John, what happened during wine and dine? My knees were hurting me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's, it was the last, uh, it was going up the last, what do you call it? Uh, the oh, overpass? the last overpass? Overpass, that angle. Yeah. My, the angle just mm. got me on my knee and... It was just, you know, like, okay, I'm going. I want to get over and get done. But you know what? After the race, you guys saw me at the after party. I was walking around fine. Just, just dancing. Yeah, yeah, dancing. I was on top of the table. You missed it. Yeah. It was great. After the <laughs> yes. race, after yeah. three beers, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Was yeah, I was hey, fine. It, how just, you doing? Just, That's what I'm going to yell at you when you're at the table up there. Okay. Let it yeah, little little ice on it, a little ice compression after after the race, and I was fine. It just, it just don't want to overdo it. It's a, it's a good test that weekend. I'm in the same boat as you, John. I I'm looking at the big picture right now, and I'm having a I'm having a little bit of a hard time running my long miles. So I've sort of changed what I'm doing, and I'm walking a lot, and I'm doing some weightlifting because I can handle that, and just kind of keeping my body strong and doing some different sort of cross training just make sure I stay like cardiovascularly active. Um, even though I'm not really running is like kind of, um, part on my body right now. 
I'm, and, but I do plan to do this long run this weekend. So you can keep your fingers crossed for me for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important. Wait, John, do you have a long run as well? I'm, I'm supposed to have a long run. I don't know wh- how, what I'm going to do. I'm doing a 5k. I'm doing a, sorry, an 8k on Thursday. I'm going to run a little bit this weekend and see how it goes. Nice. Nice. Well, you can walk. We, you know what? There's no shame in that game. Like you said, we're in here for the long, the long game. Our, our end goal is that marathon and uh, marathon weekend. So yeah, right. Hey, I walked during my simulation. I have no problem with that. There ain't no shame oh, in no, walking. Oh no, that's part of it. Yeah, miles no, are miles. Absolutely part of it. If you talk with Jeff Galloway and if you're doing a goofy or dopey, he will tell you to walk the half marathon. So yeah. I, I walk the first couple days of these simulations. I, I have for the first three dopies, and I'm going to do it for this one. Very nice. But I can't get this out of my head, John. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You said you danced on a table. Were you, were you joking, or is that real? Because I didn't see no pictures of that. Oh, uh, you missed it? <laughs> if, if, if there's no pictures, it never happened. I'll show. Okay, I'll show I was joking around, but then I thought that he could do it. I'll show you. I got so. the <laughs> Yeah, but then he paid us all to erase the pictures from our phone. So sorry, Jack. It was like the end of the hangover. We see this once. <laughs> How's your training going, Jack? Oh, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, like, like you guys, I mean, I don't, I openly admit I walked some of it. I don't care. The miles are miles. And you know what? I knew right away I needed new shoes and I've been procrastinating because I wanted to save money and I thought I could make it work and nope, I needed new shoes because I finished the I did 24 miles running and then the last two walking and I just, my feet were dead after the first few miles during that run. So I was just kind of like, yeah. So, but you guys, guess what? It is Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Go and get those sales in because I just got my pair of shoes that were originally $130 are now 57 So my training has been going pretty good. Um, I also really needed new shoes. And so after wine and dine, I had some heel pain, but that's gone away. Um, and I did buy new shoes. So I am good to go for my long run tomorrow. And hopefully all goes well and my training keeps going well. I got new shoes too. And I feel like this is a good reminder for people. Like this simulation time is actually a good time to get new shoes if you think you're if you think they're starting to wear out now. So you can break them in in time for for the actual uh, yeah, marathon if you're doing them. That's a good valid point. The last thing I, now that we're talking about shoes, if you are doing, let's say, Goofy Dumbo or Goofy to, to Dumbo, whatever you're kind of doing for January, another thing to kind of remember is is bring multiple shoes. It's a good thing to actually switch every other race with your shoes and plan it out that way because like your feet, your shoes need to cover too. And so give it some life by having a day's break from it. So this is also a good time right now to try out which shoes you want to wear for what races. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but that's what I do. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yep. Yeah, same. Yeah. A suitcase full of sneakers when I go down. <laughs> yeah. At least because you never know. It, it's Florida. It could rain. And you don't want to have it rain on the first day and then have wet shoes for the next 
two, three <laughs> days. So that's true. I mean, heck, when I did my uh, 100K, I made sure that halfway through the race, I switched shoes. I tell you what, it was like a whole new life right yep. there. New shoes, new feet. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about these long runs. I've seen folks posting on Facebook that a lot of you did that sim weekend this past week so that you did not have to do it over the Thanksgiving holiday. And I understand that. In fact, I also did my 23-mile run this past week. Again, it has to do with race schedules, and it was where Coach Twiggs put it for me in customized training. Think back to June, especially if this is your first time for one of these events. And we talked about how this was not going to be easy that there were challenges and everybody's excited at the beginning and the long runs are not that long and things are humming along. Then we talked about over the summer when we started getting into double digit miles and no matter where you lived, it was pretty warm. I thought that was a tough part of the training calendar. It's hot. You're doing long distances. You don't have the end in sight. Now, the distances are really long. And to me, there's no disguising. There's no, no beating around the bush. They're hard. It's hard to do this, especially you're by yourself. Or maybe if you're lucky, you got a training partner. But the end now is in sight. You've got this long training weekend. Then you only have one more. Only one more long training weekend before we're down there and doing it for real. And at this point, if you can get through the 23, if three weeks from now you get through the 26, man, it's a great feeling. It's a really wonderful feeling because you know, you know you can do it. Now, I'm just going to talk about my training. I'm going to ask my friends here to, to chime in in a little bit. I do find these tough. I do find heading out, it's I've done it before. This is dopey number four for me, but they're hard. And where it gets challenging, of course, is at the end. As we've had, we have had them described to us before, these are the miles you came here for. If you could just run mile 20 to 23, that would be wonderful. But you've got to get there first. At this point in my training, I'm coming along mile 10, 12, 14. I still feel pretty good. By the time I get to, let's say, the last three or four miles, it's hard. It's hard, and I'm not feeling good. But what I take positive out of it is that each time I go to a longer distance, the time where I really start to get challenged gets further and further along. I remember a couple of weeks ago, well, no, a couple of months ago now, having a heck of a time getting to 14 miles. By mile 11, I was shot. That's not the case anymore. Things are starting to, I'm starting to increase that endurance and you should be also. So each one, I don't want to say it gets easier. It doesn't. It's still hard, but you're starting to push that barrier back where you, and I don't, again, not necessarily hit the wall, but start to really feel 
like it's tough and and it's challenging to continue on. Now, what do you say to people, Bob, who are like, well, I didn't make 16 minutes per mile um, towards the end. I started to slow down and I'm a lot slower than what I would hope to finish in. Keep going. That's what I would say to them. That's my simple message is keep going. Walk if you must. Do not worry about your times in these training runs. There's There's another part of this. We say don't worry about your times in these training runs and to take them easy and take them slowly. Part of that reason is because you're going to do a long run on Saturday or Sunday, and you're going to continue your training on Tuesday. So you need to conserve some of that energy. The second thing is you're going to taper down your training runs at the end of all this, and you're not you're going to have you're going to have fresher legs when you get to the start line at Disney World. And to that note as well, we can always remember that Jeff Galloway says you can't go too slow on long run days. And that's very true. You're still getting those miles on your feet, even if you're walking them. Um, And some things that I always recommend to people to try and help with those long runs is splitting them up into smaller segments. So five mile segments sometimes is easiest because you know you can run five miles. That can be um, something that will help your brain break it down um, and it could be easier. And then also visualization. So if you've done the Run Disney races before, you know what running on the roads looks like. And even if you don't, you can picture that castle. You can picture Epcot. You can picture different areas at Disney. And so picturing that while you're running can definitely help so that you get out of that monkey brain and um, get you to a place that actually really helps you to um, keep going and finish those miles. You know, Alicia, that is so true. The amount of times I have truly, honestly imagined a finish line during a training run is like insane. Like this past training run, I... My my big dream race is the UTMB Ultra out in France. So I, it's funny I'm not even signed up for it. I'm I'm dreaming about the finish line, but to get to any finish line that you dream about, it's the work you got to put into it. So also with that being said, find something that distracts yourself. You know what I did on my 26 mile? <laughs> I finished the fourth Harry Potter book. It was great. <laughs> It got intense. Oh my goodness. But I I would also advise don't start a book during a 26 miler, kind of get to the juicy part starting out and then go all the way to the end. Plus be Um, careful when you're reading it that you don't step into a pothole or something. Yeah, but you, there's that case too. <laughs> there is, yes, 100% that case. But if you know the route, you're good. Ah, there you go. Good point. By the way, I meant to say audiobook, you guys, because I'm smart and it is 1018 at night and everybody, brain everybody, off. everybody knew that, Jack. <laughs> I was just being a wise guy. That's all. I want to go back to two things that Alicia um, previously brought up that I was actually going to mention myself. And that was actually, even to a sense of Bob, what you were mentioning as well is during these simulations, at least I know for myself in the past, the physical part, you know, we have been training for that and we train for that on a consistent basis. The thing that we might not be training as much on is the mental side of this. 
I mean, sure, you know, we're going out for, you know, three to, to four runs per week, you know, but some of those runs are only 30 to 45 minutes, and that's a bulk of our training. It's not very often that you're doing 20 plus miles over the course of, of this training period. So the, the mental aspect of this whole journey is, you know, not as fresh in our minds. And that is what can take a toll on us. And I was going to mention the exact same thing that Alicia did about visualizing the parks. And the one person that I want to shout out is our good friend, Kristen over at uh, run fit mama. She, I think, she might have them saved on her Instagram page, but she usually builds out little like Instagram posts or something like that, that breaks down each course by mileage. Um, you know, so let, let's just take, you know, marathon weekend, half marathon, for example, you know, she'll be like, okay, miles one to two, get to the TTC three to four, you're running through the TTC, you know, five to six, you're in magic kingdom. Obviously we don't know what the courses are going to look like yet, but based on history, we have a pretty good idea, you know, because there's only so many iterations that can go with. So go and find those resources. They're going to be really, really helpful for you. But the other suggestion that I would have in terms of the mental side of this is, and I don't know the episode number off the top of my head. I remember the one time we had Jeff Galloway on and he talked about a phrase, Alicia, you use the monkey brain. And mm-hmm. he had so many great mental exercises for us to use, whether that's counting the number of steps that you take during a run segment, just to keep your mind focused on something else or Another piece of advice is, you know, go back to what Brittany Charbonneau told us the last time that we had her on in episode 99 about, okay, take, you know, mile six and all I'm going to do in mile six is I'm going to look for things that are the color blue. If you can almost before you start these runs, come up with a mental game plan, not only your running game plan, your nutrition game plan, but come up with that mental one as well, too. It's going to make these training runs as part of the simulation a lot easier granted i'm not going to sugarcoat it i'm right there with bob it can downright suck it really can because you're out there for multiple hours at a time by yourself but in the event that you are hitting the struggle bus you're hitting the wall we have those great facebook chats we're propping up one another and there's the you know even if through this awesome community if you've made a friend you know What's great about Facebook on our phones is you can call somebody, you can video chat someone, you know, find your personal running buddy, find that you're, as Ali likes to say, your emotional support sponge and, you know, find that person that's going to help you get over that mental and physical finish line as part of your training run. Okay. So another thing that's doing these simulation weekends is get your uh, fueling down pat because now you're going to feel like, like, okay. I'm running 23 miles. I ran, I forget what the one is before that, uh, 10 miles, I think, on uh, Saturday. I forget what it is on Saturday. Oh, okay. Uh, in the simulation. In the simulation week. You know, yeah. Get, get, you're going to be needing your hydration, your food, your fuel. It's a good time to dial that in and see what you're going to need. Because, you know, you're doing your regular, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday runs. You might not take a lot of fuel with you, but now you're going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got four days of fueling to try. You know what? Also, you're probably eating a big dinner Thursday night this week. You know, 
that's going to say, okay, how does how's my body feel after I have a big meal? Because let's say you're down in Disney and you eat at a uh, Liberty Tree Tavern and have that all-you-can-eat family-style buffet and try to run the next morning. What's going to happen to you? You're going to figure this out. And it's better to figure it out in these weekends than race day. Yeah, that's very true, John. Good point. Good point. We, we've got an upcoming episode on nutrition, but it is the perfect time to try new things. I have one, one or two last thoughts. On these long runs, start out with the finish in mind. I talked earlier about how the last few miles are tough. Well, you can make them a whole lot tougher if you start out too fast. So start with the idea of I'm going to conserve my energy till the end of this training run. Start with the finish in mind. The last thing I'll leave you with is something I heard several of my friends talking about here and something we've talked about many times before. The training's the hard part. The race is the reward. If you do the training, the race is so much more fun in January. All right, friends. I, I hope you're halfway through. I hope things are going well. And I hope maybe that helped a little bit. All right, friends. Let's move on and visit with our guests for this episode. If you have been to a Run Disney event before, chances are real good you know this group of friends. It's the Run Dopey Gang, and they are with us. They were with us way back in July, but they're back tonight. We want to talk with them, see what's new, and we want to hear about their experiences at the New York City Marathon. But first, let me please introduce to you our run dopey friends, Chris. What's up, guys? Danny. Hi. Paula. Hi, everybody. Leslie. Hi, guys. And Liz. Hey, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, friends. It's always, gosh, I missed y'all. I missed y'all at Wine and Dine. You know that. It was, it was just not the same without you. We're standing out there before the run, and I'm looking over. And, of course, there were other fine run dopey friends there but I, I certainly did miss you guys um hey let's just in case some of our friends who are listening don't know let's just talk a little bit about what run dopey is how it started and what's going on with it and paula you want to kick us off sure uh run dopey is the most amazing Facebook group for running, motivating, encouraging, uh, not just, and you don't have to be running dopey. You don't have to necessarily have run dopey or maybe planning to, or maybe you're not, but it, it is just a very encouraging, uh, special group. Um, we do follow the Galloway training method and we do, uh, once the dopey training officially kicks off for Galloway, we do follow that as a group. We do motivational posts to remind everybody and hold people accountable. So, you know, like today's run, we posted that with a nice fun graphic. And then we encourage our members to comment underneath that they've completed their run, how it went, do a selfie, um, kind of just holding each other accountable 
and motivated to do that. But we also love running and just being healthy and motivational in general. So, you know, and we love Disney. So there's all that stuff kind of rolled into one. Uh, we do keep the group very positive and encouraging to athletes and runners of all types and uh, abilities. So it's kind of our mission statement. And um, that's kind of where we are at. Um, we are working toward the, you know, Run Dopey uh, weekends coming up. So we're looking forward to that. Our Dopey Sims coming up. No wonder we get along so well. That's that's what we're all about here. H how long have you been at it? Liz, do you know how long the Run Dopey group's been around? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, but um, we are approaching five years. So four and a half years. Uh, we were formed in June um, of the 2000. Now, why do I have to do math? Um, and I do <laughs> it's wrong with me. Um, it's okay. 2018? 19. 19. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit and it's grown. It's grown pretty well, hasn't it? Uh, any idea, Danny, how many members in the Run Dopey Facebook community now? I know we're well over 4,000. So I'd say 4,500 around there. Yeah. You think all of them will listen to this podcast? They need to. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, good stuff. It's a it is a fun group, and it really is a whole lot like what we try to do here. I think again, I I said it kind of half jokingly, but that's why we get along so well. So when we started the group um, back in June of 2019, it was kind of an offshoot of some other groups. Um, and when we ran the original Dopey that we were all sort of training for, which was in 2020, we had about um, 600 or so members, and um, now it's grown to about 4,700. Good stuff. Good and stuff. Yes, they should all listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I know the last time you were on, we got a big reaction. That's because we told Joe about it. Chris, did you tell Joe about this one? I did. Anything new with the group? Now, you got some activities at sometimes, don't you, with this with the Run Dopey group? Um, so we we try to um, have some representation at you know major events that we know we're going to have uh, members at. So, for example, this upcoming weekend is Space Coast, and we're going to have a pretty good turnout there at the Space Coast um, halves and uh, marathon. You know, it's um, it's great because we do have a good turnout at Disney races, but we also have them at other races. So anytime I think there's members who know that they're going to be running a race, they'll post in the group, oh, who's running this race? And all of a sudden, you know, you've got other people who are like, oh, I am. And then there's always spur of the moment meetups, too, which is great. But, um, you know, we're really looking forward to our big weekend for Marathon Weekend and Dopey. And um, we've got some big plans coming up next year. Like Liz said, it's going to be our fifth anniversary. So ah, um, yeah, yeah, exciting. Uh, we're working on um, getting our our website. Our founder Christine and her sister Laura, ha, um, they're together quite a bit now, and they're um, working on some big plans to grow the group. So um, that's going to be really exciting to see what um, what twenty twenty four is going to bring. Nice. I'd like to. I would like to get back to that. I really would. I want to talk about what you got coming up. Uh, especially I want to talk about Dopey Weekend. But before then, I wanted to talk about well, a couple of weeks ago when several of us were at Disney World, but y'all were in New York City. 
although some of you were in both places at the same time. <laughs> Insert evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about the New York City Marathon, of course, and, and every one of the Ron Dopey folks who are here with us tonight participated in the New York City Marathon. But I pop into the expo at Wine and Dine, and Leslie, Paula, and Adalis, and Adalis is not with us tonight, are all there at the expo. Ladies, explain yourself, please. Oh, how do, how do we start with this? It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, first of all, crazy. we are crazy in the most fun way. But, you know, we love running Disney. Okay, that's, we love it. We It's our outlet. We love being there. And we were so excited to run New York City. And, and then we found out it's the same weekend as Wine and Dine. Why do they do that? Because I think that most of us would do back-to-back -back weekends, right, to, to do both. Um, so we did give up Wine and Dine for that. And it did hurt some of us that were, you know, we're missing it. Um, and then they announced the uh, themes, and some of us are obsessed with Encanto. Raising my hand, Me and too. Um, and Leslie and Dallas. So, and you know, we are all like a little devastated. And um, anyways, I think that Dallas might have started this thing with like, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, you want to do something crazy?" This is like our our routine conversation we have with each other. Is you want to do something crazy? And then it snowballs. <laughs> Um, yes, I would love to do something crazy. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, so she, I mean, she's in Puerto Rico, so it's kind of a stopover for her to stop at Disney. I mean, I'm in New Hampshire. So she's like, what do you think about going down to the expo and, um, you know, spending a night and then flying to New York? I'm like, that is crazy. And then we kind of were joking around about it. And then we found out that the Halloween party was uh, like the last night was going on. We could get tickets for that. Our friend Christine, who's amazing, let us uh, crash with her at Boardwalk and um, kind of just all came together. So we ended up doing it and uh, went to the Halloween, came down, went to the Halloween party and um, had the best, best time. We had so much fun at the Halloween party. And then we woke up and went to the expo the next day and had so much fun kind of bombing and surprising our friends. And um, I'm called, I was like, this is like my cake and eat it too. Like I get to have a little bit of taste of wine and dine, the expo, which we love seeing our friends, getting that vibe. And then we took off Leslie Dallas and I flew uh, directly from Orlando to New York city this like right after the expo, we left the expo and went over and flew there and met up with the whole New York crew and went and had a new adventure there. And that was, it was kind of awesome. What time did you get into New York? What, nine o'clock at night, Leslie? Was it that late? It must've been. <laughs> All I know is that Idalis was white knuckling the Uber on the way to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had an interesting Uber drive uh, that was quite, we thought we were going to die, but yeah, it's fine. So I was already in New York by the time everyone had gotten there. And it was fun watching everyone kind of come at different times. And this is Thursday, so it was arrival day. I saw a show that night that didn't get out until about 10, 1030. I think by the time they got to the hotel, it was pushing 11. And I brought them like a 30-inch pizza. I was like, oh, Great. nice. Yes. You did. 30-inch yes. New York that. pizza. Nice. That was sweet. Awesome stories, you know, about, you know, jet setting all 
across the East Coast to, you know, to make this surprise happen and, and you know make an awesome start to this weekend. But let's back up a little bit further. And, and I want to talk a little bit about who had the idea to say, you know what, Run Dopey, let's, let's do NYC. Talk about that story and then describe how all of you got into a world major and was able to participate all in the same year. So I had ran New York City in 21 through a charity called Water for People. And it's basically a charity that helps provide clean water to like third world countries and a few other things. And I had still had that contact because I was supposed to run it in 2022. And I ended up deferring to this year. And I knew that they had about 10 to 15 spots available. And also I knew how much the ladies love running. And I was like, okay, let me open up the opportunity to give a bunch of my friends the chance to uh, run their first world major. And it's just a fun race overall. So I kind of shot out to the group and the seven of um, the seven people of uh, Rendopi, myself included, we all kind of talked about it. I knew fundraising for all of them was like, they all had different opinions on it. But once we kind of sat down and talked about it, it was just, it was going to be a group effort. We were all going to help each other fundraise for the money and whatnot. And then I kind of took the lead on it because I knew the city. I kind of understood how the weekend worked. So I made sure we had the hotel reservation. I made sure we had a free race dinner. The plans in between them were kind of like whatever people wanted to do. But it was kind of me orchestrating the entire thing of, I'm sorry, Mickey's not coming to New York City with us. (laughs) We're going to still be running 26 miles. I mean, there is a Disney store there. I would be some kind of Mickey. We went. (laughs) Oh, okay. We we got pictures in there with the Minnie Mouse. That's the Statue of Liberty. And Danny has one as well. Well, as long as there's no pictures with creepy uh, Mickey and Minnie from oh, Times gosh. Square, oh, you know, th- yeah, then, then you guys know? are okay. What do you mean creepy Mickey and Minnie? What are you talking about? Oh, in Times Square? Yes. Oh my gosh, they're awful. Jack, it's your worst yeah, you nightmare been... in, in, in public. They're, they're very <laughs> sketch looking. It's like, I can't oh, nice falling off. Are these performers? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's putting in a mile. You have to pay them. For what? To take a picture with them, but it's like, but they walk around with their heads off. That's 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 horrifying. And then the second somebody's taking a picture, they all try to jump in, so you have to pay all of them. And like there was like a, you know, middle-aged, overweight Batman, and oh yeah, (laughs) right next to the naked cowboy. Yeah, they're just really trying to make, you know, make a buck, which is like, honorable. That's great. But, you them. know, it's traumatizing when you see Mickey and Minnie, who you love so much, and very interesting costumes and walking around with no heads. So. Well, the, 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 this solidifies the point that we need to get Jack to New York City and just walk behind her the entire time just <laughs> to watch her reactions. Hey, hey, it's it. We're there. Well, I want to try and do New York City next year. I'm putting my name in the lottery this year, so. Mm. All right. So I actually got in through the lottery. So what? Yeah. Is this your first time? Here's the deal. So remember, um, I actually was I recently was going um back to school for a new career, and I was in um the last parts of that this throughout this year. And so when Danny was talking about fundraising, 
I really, really wanted to go to New York with my friends, but I was thinking, oh my gosh, there's no way that I have, I'm going to have time to raise all of this money that I'm going to need to raise to go with them. And, um, you know, after I talked to my husband, he said, well, why don't you go ahead and enter the lottery? And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, you know, if you get it, then great. And if you don't, then maybe that's a sign that, you know, we need to just wait. And I was like, I'm like, I'm never going to get the lottery because so many people that I know have entered it so many times and have never gotten it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just do it and I'll see. And I freaking got the lottery. <laughs> First right. time so ever cool. trying. Wow. So cool. for that. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, but I was so grateful because it allowed me to be able to be there with them and not have to um have that added stress of raising the money. Um, not that I wouldn't want to because it's a really wonderful charity and I I did talk to them about that I wanted to run for them in the future. But it just wasn't for me time wise. It wasn't really a feasible option. No, it's a stressor, all right. It really is. Hey, before I forget this, I don't want to leave it out. Uh, there were seven of you all together. We've already mentioned a Dallas was there. Who else are we missing? It was five here, a Dallas, and Tessa Paul. Oh, uh, Tessa, Tessa. Okay, she's one of our admins of uh, hashtag Run Dopey. And then we had a couple of members, um, Monique and Minda. And Ashley. And Ashley. Ashley, sorry. Anybody else thinking or anybody else? Yeah, I wanted to wanted to give them credit, didn't want to leave them out. And because then we actually ran into another member on the uh ferry. Oh, Brandon. Yes. Oh, Brandon. Which yes. was yeah. a really cool experience. Um, all of a sudden, you know, we're on the ferry and you hear hashtag Rondopi. And of course, folks uh-huh. are like looking around frantically. Yes. Like, Wait, we know. And he that found movie. us on the course too. He found yes. us on the course wow. and we took running selfies, of course, together. Wow. And so then I think really Renee, cool. Danny, you're um one of our cast member friends from Disney also. Renee, we, she was down at the Alley on the Run show with us and we saw her about the city. Good. Well, I'm glad we got those names in. That's excellent. Thank you. So you brought up the ferry, which makes me wonder um, how you got to the starting line of New York. It was a marathon in itself. Planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. We've been on. Yeah, we did. We did. We walked to the subway. And we took, there's like two routes you can take, Danny. Maybe you can speak more. You can do the ferry route or the bus route. We did the ferry route. So you walk um, to the subway. We took the subway to the ferry from the ferry we got off there, we took a bus, and then they bussed us to Athletes Village. And I mean, we didn't, we hadn't done it. So I think if we did it again, we'd have a learning curve and some familiarity with it. But for us kind of navigating that and, and just everything, the excitement, because there, there's cheering for all those points also. There's people everywhere cheering. There's a lot of energy going on in the city. We got on the bus and I kind of sat there and went, is it just me or I feel like exhausted already? We're not even at the start line. And um, it's a lot, you know? Um, and just for perspective. So except for Danny, who is much faster than us, um, he got on quicker and he can speak to his own story. But for the most of us, we were together and we left our hotel um, a half a block from Times Square at 7 a.m., and as I said, we took planes, trains, and automobiles to get there. And we did not start or go over that start line until 11.35 a.m. And as Paula said, I mean, by the time we got there, we were all just like, it was a very big emotional rush and just constant. And, and the energy is just incredible. Um, 
And I think when we finally got on the bus, it was familiarity to us. We all were like, okay, we've, okay. We feel like we we've done this before. Um, and I think that's just from so many run Disney races and, and the bus is familiar to us. So I think from a learning curve, it was amazing to take the ferry because you saw the Statue of Liberty. You got to see the New York skyline, which was incredible to see. It was a beautifully clear morning, which is something that you don't often get in New York City. I mean, the weather was incredible. Um, but, you know, if I personally were to go do this a second time, which I hope I do one day, um, I probably would take the bus route and just just get there. And I'll let Danny to speak to that because I believe that's how he took his route. So I, the both two uh, times I've ran it, I took the ferry road just because I kind of enjoy the journey to the start line as much as I enjoy the entire race because you put all this training in and then the morning comes. Uh, they all started at like 11.35, like Liz said. I had started at 9.30, the, about no, I was 9.10 the first year. I moved back this year and I started at 9.45. So one of my friends, Brianne, who um, just had her first kid and she was my travel buddy for the morning. I think I met her at about 4.30 and then we got on the subway together and then we took the 5.30 ferry over because I just kind of understand that it is a 50,000 person race and I don't like being late to things. I don't want to rush. So I very much got to the start village same way they did. I didn't have a line for the bus. I didn't have a line for the porta potty. It was nice to just kind of be able to get there and put my stuff down. I met my friend Holly in Athletes Village. And once I'm there, it's fine. And I'm oddly calm about these type of races. But yeah, it was very much the same way they did it. I went through the same modes of transportation. And yes, it's long. And yes, like it's just about being able to conserve your energy. And yes, it's all fun and exciting. But also being able to make sure that you're setting yourself up for the best race possible. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Do you you hear about the energy at New York City? You hear about it, you hear about it. But until you're there experiencing it, it is mind-blowing, the energy. And I think you're exactly right. I think that it can be um, amazing but exhausting also. And I think you need to be aware of that to get wrapped up. And I've heard that too, but you kind of, until you're there, it's very much a factor. It's a lot of energy. And I think too, with the, with all the cheering and everything, um, it's amazing. It's so amazing. But for me, I like to give that energy back to the crowd too. And, you know, by about halfway through, I realized, man, you know, this crowd is amazing, but I'm exhausted from like, you know, wooing back at them because, you know, it's, I want them to realize that I'm appreciative of what they're doing. But now I'm like, oh, I should probably tone it down a little need bit. To, on my yeah, part. <laughs> I need to chill. Well, listen, let's let's take the start. Chris, tell us about the start of the race. Oh, my gosh. So they, they already described getting there, which was an interesting thing, a journey in and of itself. But, you know, they you basically walked out. And the first thing you do is go over a bridge that goes from Staten Island to, to Brooklyn. So, uh, you know, it, started out with that and then and then and then you're in Brooklyn for a, a pretty long time um and I I was really surprised at the number of people I read somewhere that there were two million people that came out and cheered for this uh, for this race yeah and I understand um, you high-fived half of them yeah I think I did uh we <laughs> all had the costume was uh taxis and they were oh all you look wearing, great 
uh, uh, hats, and we all shirts that were yellow and had our names on. So I heard my name. I'm sorry. I said, absolutely put your name on your shirt. I think that was a game changer. And I don't think, you know, and sorry to interrupt you, Chris, but um, you really feel like a celebrity for 26.2 miles. And it's also just, it's humbling when you're running and, and it doesn't matter your pace. And, you know, if we're as fast as, as Danny or, you know, back of the Packers, like myself, just hearing your name was incredible. And so if you ever run New York city, I highly recommend putting your name where it is clearly visible on your shirt, because that raises the bar when it comes to, to the crowd and and them feeding you. I've heard that about all the world majors. I don't know about just um, New York in general, but I know when I cheer for Boston, I do the same thing. As soon as I see someone's name on their shirt, I I give them a shout out. And I did that once for the um for the World Disney World Marathon and put my my name on my shirt. And it really gives you energy at the end when you're struggling and someone just says like, Allie, you can do it. And you like go, Oh yeah, I can do it. So it's not even just for like the cheers and like, it's like sometimes you need someone to know what your name is so that they can help you get through that last mile. That was the first time I'd run with my name on my shirt like that. And actually Laura, one of our founders, um, she said she did it last year and she said she kind of impulsively put it on her shirt with, I don't know, she was tape or something. She did something last minute and she said it was game changer and she insisted to us, you guys, you have to put your names, you have to put your names. And you're right. It was a game changer in falling into the finish, kind of dragging at some points. I had my eyes closed a little bit, kind of just, and I, you did, you heard, you heard your name screamed the whole entire way. It was, it was quite an experience. So yeah, I agree. If you, a race like this, especially with that level of spectators, your name on your shirt. Wow. Also anything Laura says, just do. (laughs) Yeah, Listen but literally the only place that I remember not having somebody to cheer for you was on the bridges. The um, Queensboro Bridge. Yeah, e- everywhere else there was there was a crowd of people. There were DJs or people dancing. When we got to Harlem, there was a big, you know, DJ thing going on. And I was joking with one of the ladies. I was like, are we in Manhattan finally? <laughs> you know, um, type of thing. And, and it, it was it was just a fun a fun time. You know, when I, when I, I've only, I've only run two other marathons. Um, actually my first marathon at Disney will be in January. I've run two other, two other marathons and there was nobody on the course, you know, and it it was totally, it it was totally different. I mean, it was almost like a party. Um, and, and, and that was, that was definitely part of the, part of the experience for me was just going through having people, you know, yell your name, you're high-fiving people, you're fist bumping people, you know, you're just out there like, and, and I, I usually, um, you know, I ended up uh, uh, slowing down a good bit for the last part of this. I was just like, you know what, I'm just kind of fun out there. I mean, there's all these people, you know, cheering and, and having a good time and partying and all that stuff. And I might as well join them, you know, except that I'm moving forward. (laughs) Uh, I think about that. That really is remarkable. It really is. These folks come out there and they'll stay out there four, five, six, seven hours. 
and cheer the folks in the front and cheer the folks in the middle and hang in there for the folks at the back. That's really, really amazing. It was unbelievable. The three, Tessa, Liz and I were running kind of shoulder to shoulder. There was times we couldn't hear each other shoulder to shoulder talking to each other because wow. the crowds were that loud. In some of the boroughs, they were crouching in on us. We were almost single file a couple couple spots where they were on us. They had pots and pans and I high-fived, you know, people, kids, dogs. I high-fived <laughs> dogs. Well, I'm not kidding. And one of the things I said is, my f- I never trained for this. My face is killing me from smiling. Yeah, from smiling. Because <laughs> yeah. in most of my pictures, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. My face was killing me from smiling so much. And like Leslie said, you're, you know, you're giving it back. Like, you know, Paula, Tessa, Liz, screaming. Woo! And we're yelling back and fist pumping. And we actually stopped into dance parties. The music is just unbelievable. They had food and drinks and crock pots and candy and that whole city partied, except for that one bridge, the Queensboro Bridge was a, the only area was quiet. And my God, we needed it for a minute. We needed to <laughs> kind of calm down and collect ourselves. And I needed my face to rest too, because my face was killing me from smiling so much. Wow. So I kind of went into this a little bit injured. Um, so knowing that my goal was really just to finish. Um, and last dopey, like, you know, marathon is definitely a mental game, right? And um, for me, I when I think about being like a strong runner, I think about being in like a positive mentality for the whole thing and really like working through those tough points mentally. Um, and so going into this, I was I was really I just wanted to finish and I wanted to have a good experience. And um, and I can honestly say that this was the first marathon, like Paula said, where I was smiling at mile one and I was smiling at mile 26.2 and I smiled every single mile in the there. I did not, um, you know, sure, were there miles that seemed tougher than others? Yes. But honestly, that smile never left my face. And I was kind of shocked by that. I thought I would get to a point like mentally where I was you know, maybe feeling down or something like that. And I did it. It was, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the energy. I don't know if it was um, the gratitude of um, being able to participate in a world major and being in New York and seeing the other runners that I was next to. That was something that I did on those, you know, quiet bridges is I would, you know, look around me and see if somebody looked like they were struggling or, or if anybody just looked like they wanted to chat and I would just, you know, chat with other people. And um, it was really amazing hearing other runners stories and, um, you know, what they did to get there and, you know, what they were excited about when they finished. And um, it was, it was a really um, moving experience. So I'm curious, is this all of your guys' first world major or have you guys done other ones as well? Well, we know we know Danny's done, you know, did other Ch- world majors. Chicago, right, Danny? Yeah. Oh, right on. And Tessa actually just ran Chicago a month prior to New York. So she's doing back-to-back majors. Um, and several of us did the Boston Virtual several years ago. Um, and I actually had the privilege of going to Boston. And I ran with Paula and a few of the other um, hashtag Rondopi people. We actually ran the course two days before the actual running of the Boston Marathon. 
uh, which was really a neat experience all in itself because they had the start line already up and had the finish line already up. So while we were um, majority of the time on sidewalks and, and, you know, with those streets, um, it was still a cool, cool experience, but yeah, I, it was most of our first actual world major. And let me tell you, I want them all now. I got gotcha. you. I was about to ask, I was like, who's all trying to get all six? All of them. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not fast enough, so there's no way. I think I might have to just be happy with my one. <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay. So you did New York city marathon besides the finish line. What was your favorite part of the marathon? So I don't remember exactly what mileage it was. And Paula had spoken about just the crowds in, in some of the boroughs where they came in on us, but this one specific moment we were in Brooklyn and we were single file. They had come in to the point where Tessa, I think Tessa might've been in the front and Paula was behind me and it was so loud, but it was like this euphoric moment of running through this and you couldn't hear yourself think. Um, but the energy in that moment absolutely was just one of those moments I will never forget um, at all. And that's, by far one of my favorite moments. I have a, a second one, but I will, I'll save that for another day. But it was just, I loved every second of it. And I think that's the moment when I realized if you don't slow down, you're going to burn your legs out because you just, the energy in that moment, you just wanted to fly. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Liz, we'll, we'll go around the room and if nobody comes up with your second one, we'll come back to you. Okay. Danny, how about you? I honestly want to say the start. Okay. Yeah. I mean, finish lines are great and everything. I love the start lines of a race. Leslie? Oh, boy. I think I might be in the minority, but I love the bridges. Oh, that's interesting. Why Why so the bridges? Um, I think the, I mean, they're beautiful, like architecturally. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very beautiful. And I think uh, the views that you get from them and, um, I don't know. It, there's just something about them. You feel powerful when you get up them, you know, and then um, downhill is always nice too. So um, I don't know. I just really appreciated the bridges. I was going and to ask, I, you know, I was, sometimes uh, bridges can be a challenge. Were these tough or? So I had just done rock and roll Clearwater, and oh, you know, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. On that one too. And yeah. so I was figuring they were going to be like that. And honestly, I didn't think they were any worse than those bridges. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, didn't, I didn't think they were that bad. Quick side question. How many bridges are in this race? Five. Five. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right, you can go on to the next person. I just wanted to quickly ask that question. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. And people do talk about the bridges. That's an interesting, interesting point of view, Leslie. Uh, Chris, how about you? I think after we uh, crossed the last bridge, um, which was from uh, the Bronx to Manhattan, and I think it was mile probably 21 or, or somewhere around there, um, you know, it was like I'm almost there. You know, and I, and I hate that you're almost there and people tell you in a marathon or a half marathon, you're almost there but i really felt at that point that was where i think we were in harlem 
and there there was a DJ there, and and there was just this 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 huge crowd, and they were of course cheering and you know jumping around and partying and having a good time. I was like, I asked one of the women, I said, "This this is Manhattan, right? Um, we're finally here." <laughs> Um, I think that was my my favorite part. Other other than being able at mile eight, um, my daughter who who lives in New York City came out to cheer, and I was able to give her a hug. So th- those two moments for me were were the best. I think. You know, you know, Chris, you just inspired me by saying "almost there" because now you're gonna know that if you're gonna run the New York City Marathon and you get across that bridge at mile twenty one, you could play "almost there." from Tiana's movie. <laughs> I think it might be perfect. <laughs> the last damn bridge. That lady, she had the sign. Oh, yes. The last damn bridge. Last she, damn. Like, it was this huge sign. Last damn bridge. It's, everybody was getting pictures with her. We got one. It was, it was fun. Yeah, I'll be and you, were in, you weren't in Queens for very long. Uh, it, maybe a mile or two. Uh-huh. And somebody was holding a sign that said, Welcome to Queens, get out. Oh, no, get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The signs were awesome. I think Tessa did a great. collage of all the signs. Like oh, she picked nice. pictures and she did a collage of all like the different signs that were awesome. That'd be nice. Paula, your moment. I would say, you know, no one specific moment. I think that I just, just for me personally, having these snapshots in my head in time, um, feeling so small and insignificant and and so small and this mass of people and the noise and just having these wow moments of, I can't believe this. I can't believe this in the city line. And just, I think just experiencing these little snapshots in my head, uh, the Verrazano bridge um, with all the runners, um, like Liz said, the, 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 I think probably the crowds. I think if I had to say one thing, the spectators, the crowds, the noise, the energy, the energy. People say it, and you hear that, but you don't know. You don't know it until you're there, and you really experience it person personally about what that means. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's. Wow. You can't describe it. Uh, I've got to tell you guys. You, you just said you can't describe it. You've done the the five of you have done a really good job of describing it of trying of bringing the feel I can, I can hear it in all your voices. I have the advantage of being able to see it in all your faces, but it really, you really did a nice job of talking about just how exciting and how much energy there is in this event. And it, it's, it's moving now, Liz, you had two. did somebody take your second one? Um, no. Well, go for it then. Um, most of us had this moment except for one individual. Um, that's because he made that moment. And I'm talking about Danny. Um, he is faster than us. So he started early and was able to go back and shower and get back. Um, and coming up that last mile, you hit, you see the 800 meters left. And all of a sudden I hear, and it was a different voice than I had heard all day. And I'm like, I know that voice. And I look over and see Danny on the side, just jumping up and down and screaming. And I don't think he'll ever truly know just how much that moment meant to me to see his face and hear him screaming, give me a hug. And he's like, go get that finish line. And 
I literally ran from that moment on until the very end. Um, because at that moment, that's when it hit me. You're about to finish your first world major. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Danny. Um, I love you. <laughs> that was great. Danny, thank you. He did. He, he some, I don't know how we saw you, but we saw you as well. So that was awesome that he came out and spectated for us and was a, a crazy man screaming for us. And somehow he <laughs> rose over those crowds and got us. Yeah. yeah he, he waited and he tracked us all and he came and found us. And Heather, uh, Heather was there also at the end. And I think I also like, we all kind of came together at the end. We all finished at different times, but Danny was obviously way ahead of us, showered, ate, saw a Broadway yeah, show and right. came back. Took a nap. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we all ended up converging at the end and we all were there in our sexy orange tarps. But I mean, we all hugged each other and we all realized <laughs> that we all made it and we all did it and accomplished it. And I think it was an, as we hobbled back to our humble abode. But yeah, just having that moment of, of all kind of coming back together after experiencing it and knowing that we all completed that goal. And it, you know how lucky we are to be able to have done and share this all together as a group, but many people just go by themselves, you know, or, you know, we are very lucky to have that. So thank you, Danny. I got comments from people who were, I don't remember if it was spectators or other runners. And they said, um, like they would see me with somebody else who was dressed like me and they'd be like, Oh man, you both got, you know, you're both here. And I'm like, Oh, we have a group, you know, there's, you know, at least seven of us. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I think you're right, Paula. I think, um, you know, Danny, it's, it's amazing that you helped create this and made this happen that we could all be there together and experience it together. Because even though it would have been amazing, I think that what made this, you know, over the top, more amazing was the fact that I got to experience it with my friends. Of course. And, and yes. nice, Austin's nice involved. <laughs> yes, there were costumes. <laughs> we were the taxi cab girls. Tell us, describe your costumes. I've seen the photos on Facebook. Well, we wanted to do something New York. So, you know, we were thinking Lady Liberty, Rockettes. How do you, you know, so we were kind of looking around. I want to see Chris around. as a rocket. I think that was a great idea. He's got the legs, <laughs> let me tell you. I believe it. Mm, high slit, yep. But, you know, then we kind of looked at, there was some different, you know, stuff. So we, taxi cabs. So we started shooting that around. So, yes, we did the classic yellow taxi cab with the black and white checkers. So we had the yellow shirts, E Dallas, our uh, shirt maker she um, put our names with um, a logo with the checkers around it on the front we also did skirts uh, the girls and Tessa did some uh, capris with checkered print down the side and then we got these taxi cab hats uh, that were you know very iconic and kind of a you know, like a cartoon character, a little bit like a you know big bold old school yellow taxi cab hat with the black and white checkers and of course I had to add some bling for everybody all the girls like the bling so I bedazzled um how many hats nine eight 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 hats I think I got some rhinestones and bedazzled all the hats up so that we had a little bit of extra bling for being in New York City and uh, Edalis worked really hard in making uh, some of the skirts with the the black and white stripes and the bows and am I leaving anybody out? There was is a group effort kind of planning and getting it all done, but it looked really cute. And um, 
it was definitely like, you know, we got a lot of comments and we made a lot of people happy. And that's what we like to do with our costumes is we like to connect with people, make people smile and um, have that exchange. And it's really about just having fun. That's it. It sure is. The spectators love them. I mean, the number of times that I heard somebody say, can I get a taxi? Or something <laughs> like that, you know? Um, it was pretty funny. And then Idalis and I actually found a, a place where it said um, taxi drivers wanted. And so we took a picture with that. We thought that nice. was nice. Really I know that we got a, a lot of times you'd hear people again, hey, cabbies, hey, cabbies. Um, and even some of like the locals, like the police officers that were there helping and everything, you saw them smile and you, uh -huh. you know, be like, you all look amazing and you're That's doing great. fantastic. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we love running in these elaborate costumes. It's, it's not just for us. It's to make others smile. Oh, that's I it. Think you have said this before too. I think you said it about Tinker Bob. Um, you do it. If it only makes one other person smile, it is totally worth all the effort and time and energy you put into it. We have most certainly had that discussion before and I could not agree more. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. Friends, you have done a marvelous job of conveying the excitement, the thrill, the energy, the adventure of the New York City Marathon. I congratulate you all, and, and thanks, thanks for sharing that with us. Now, I'm going to move on. You're the hashtag Run Dopey Group. We are six weeks. You know that six weeks from today, we will be done the 5K already? Oh, my gosh. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting ready to get up and do the 10K. I want to know, I missed you at Wine and Dine, but I want to know what you've got planned for Marathon Weekend at Disney World. Hint, it's a group costume. Of course it is. <laughs> I would be disappointed if it was anything else. And you don't have to, no spoilers here if you don't want to. I'll give you a hint. Okay. There may be a dwarf involved. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great hint that's a great i i can't see i can't wait to see what you've got planned they they they, they come up with some really cool stuff i don't know how they're going to make you a dwarf though chris i uh, that that's probably going to be a hard challenge buddy that's a challenge as long as he's not grumpy. accepted i might be grumpy <laughs> If I can be a fairy, you can be a dwarf, I suppose. I, I, might, I, I was disappointed, Bob, when you said that you didn't want to be Tinker Bob again, because I think that he'll be back. For 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 me, I I have like a I have like a costume I have to wear every race now. Um, and I kind of felt like I was hoping that Tinker Bob would be that for you. He'll be back. But, he'll be back. There's a yeah. there's a race he's got to be back for in the Neverland 5K in springtime. That I was the majority of us are going over to do Dumbo plus the 5K, so we're doing uh, Dopey. A large majority of us, and then we're going over to the West Coast, and we're going to do all the races there. So we have costumes yeah. for that. My my poor husband's like seeing all this stuff pile up, and he's like, "What is all this? What?" It, I said, do the math. Dopey, Bumbo. That's yeah. like seven costumes. Seven, that's right. That's right. And I it's will like... say, just a little teaser, that there might be some popular costumes that might be making mm -hmm. a um, coast-to-coast -coast appearance. 
um, you know, maybe with some embellishments. So we'll um, we'll just have to wait and see. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited to see you all there. Jack will be out there in California with y'all. Yeah, me and Lexi, we're excited. I don't know what to expect, and I think that's the heightened anticipation is still there. You know, <laughs> I've never been either, so I'm I'm in the same boat of going to Disneyland. I'm super excited. Paula's never been, so um, I know we're both like we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love it. Can I just say how much you're gonna love it? So, like the heightened anticipation of one being there, but two. The races are back. I don't know what a race weekend is like over there. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah, it's it all be. new to us. All new. Well, in oh. in some ways, it's because it's been gone for so long. It's going to be all new for a whole lot of people. It's good. I'm sure things are going to change. So it should be exciting. And again, I'm happy for those of you who are going. I'm going to get out there one of these times, but not this one. Friends, I knew having you on would be fun. Uh, we've we've gotten to know each other. Over the last couple of years, I really look forward to seeing you. But gosh, boy, now you really got me thinking about doing New York. I kind of put that out of my mind. But looking at the faces here and hearing the excitement, I'm thinking maybe that's one I can't miss. We'll have to see. Friends, thank you for for sharing your time with us, for coming on, telling us all these great stories. We appreciate it. I know the friends listening enjoyed it also. A bunch of them are now at about probably mile 12 or so on their 23-mile dopey training run. It's been great. Can't wait to see you six weeks away. Guys, before we go, any last thoughts? Uh, you know, in, in, in training, just take one mile at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. And uh, we'll see you in January. I'm so excited to see everyone at Marathon Weekend in January at Disney World, and then also to remember to celebrate the start lines as much as those finish lines. Hey, everybody. If you're out there doing your dopey sim, just want to say we believe in you. Um, you're doing great, and you know these miles are very important, and good luck with your mileage and your dopey sim. Remember, sometimes it doesn't always feel amazing when you're doing those training runs, but it's really important and you're going to be a rock star on race day. We can't wait to see you at Marathon Weekend and beyond. So you're doing such an amazing job with your training up to this point. And yeah, it's going to get a little bit harder, but that's okay because you got this. Just take one run at a time. Um, and just remember that... Um, you know, this is an amazing thing that you're doing. And remember to be grateful for every single time that you're able to get out there and um, just really take advantage of um, each run that you get and know that some might not be great, but that's okay because tomorrow's a new day and you can start over then. Um, but yes, we're looking forward to seeing all of you uh, in six short weeks. It's going to be here before we know it. And um, thank you to the Rise and Run podcast for having us today because this was amazing. Yes, absolutely. Have loved chatting with you all today and sharing our experiences and looking forward to seeing everyone in January. And remember, whether it's a training run, whether it's race day, to trust in your training, believe that you can and absolutely run with your heart. If people are looking to where they can reach out to you and talk to you, um, where can they find the hashtag run dopey group? So if you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, 
Um, if you search for Run Dopey, even though our group is hashtag Run Dopey, a lot of times um, it might not come up if you put the hashtag there. So if you just search for Run Dopey um, on Facebook, you'll see our group. We're the ones that have the diamond as the O in Dopey. And you can um, you can find us there. We are also on Instagram as um, Run Dopey FB group. Um, and I believe we're also on TikTok and um, maybe Twitter. I'm not sure about that. But I think we do have a TikTok. I think our most uh, popular form of social media right now is Facebook. Our Facebook group is, uh, you know, 47 I think it is uh, num members right now, 4,700. And um, it's very active. We have a lot of posts, a lot of sharing. So probably the Facebook group. We I have been posting the uh, training runs on the Instagram account just so that it, uh, there are many people that just do Insta. So I've been kind of sharing those so people can follow along with the, the training. It's a fun group, friends. Look them up. Thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you soon. It really is always a pleasure to visit with the Run Dopey gang, whether it's here on the podcast or at Walt Disney World. A fun group, really uh, motivations and the just the ethos of the group is a whole lot like what we do here at Rise and Run. They love running Disney. They love being part of that big family. It's great to see them. Uh, I'm going to see a bunch of them here just in a couple of days at Space Coast. I look forward to that. And then we'll see them in January. Friends, uh, let's go back. We Once in a while, we do a feature we called Podcasts We Listen To. Here's one I listened to several times. Our friend Craig and his podcast, Beyond the Mouse. Friends, on this week's podcast we listen to, something maybe just a little bit different. Let's take a deep dive into the world of Disney. A lot of times we concentrate on running podcasts and things like that. But our friend Craig McFarlane has a podcast called Beyond the Mouse, where he dives into a lot of really interesting facets of the entire Disney universe, gets outstanding guests, and we're happy to have him with us this evening. Craig, good to see you. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's great because I was just telling you as I was logging in here that really it was Rise and Run that got me through some of those long training runs as I trained up for my first ever marathon. So happy to be here tonight. Yeah, you did what you did it at the beginning of this year, right? 2023? I did. Yeah, it, it seems so long ago, but what, January 8th or whatever I know. it was back in back in the cold of the winter, even though it was a nice temperature actually for the run in Florida. Yeah. So I appreciate the weather. I know we were just talking with someone, golly, I think it was episode 108, that even though it's 2023 and it's still this year, we are mentally into a new year for Disney running with the start of Wine and Dine. So we always think of it as last year, that ah, it gets confusing. But, uh, but yeah, I'm glad. And it's, it's not that you ignore Run Disney. You don't. But that's not the thrust of your show. Instead of me trying to explain it, why don't you tell us what the Beyond the Mouse podcast is all about? 
Absolutely. Well, real quick, uh, a super brief history. I started podcasting about eight years ago with my friend, and we just wanted to get together and talk movies. And so we started a podcast called The Front Row Movie Reviews. And over time, that became a much larger entity. We became the Front Row Network, and we started to have individual shows based on our interests. So we now have uh, about a dozen active shows on our network. And one of those shows is hosted by me and co-hosted by Vanessa and Brett, and it's called Beyond the Mouse. And we say that we are all things Disney because honestly, uh, you have such a wonderful focus and narrow uh, band on that running community. And it's so great to hear that. But we are so scattershot. We're just like, let's talk a little bit about Run Disney this week. Let's talk to a, um, a guest who was uh, creating Disney film. Let's talk to an animator, an Imagineer. And we do love the park. So we do a lot of that too. Boy, you get some awesome guests. I'm, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Now, let me back up just a little bit because I, I understood, but you started the Front Row Network. Is that a, that way it worked? Yes. So my buddy Jeremy and I started it. And so now I co-host uh, like three different shows for the network. I have, of course, Beyond the Mouse. Uh, and your runner community might appreciate Ted Lasso. I have a show called Peanut Butter and Biscuits for Ted Lasso. Oh, um, golly. Then, yeah. And then I I'm also- listen. Have, I didn't know that one, Craig. I I'm adding that one to my own list. Okay. And also, actually, you know, of course, with the show being over at this point, um, we have shifted into shrinking. So it's like a, an Apple TV Plus love fest over there, and especially Brett Goldstein. But and then the other show that I just recently started not too long ago, we're doing the chronological order, the cinematic journey of Steven Spielberg. So we uh, just did Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was his sixth film. And then we'll be continuing on. He has a, right around 32 films that we need to watch, and we're watching them in order to kind of see the breadth of his career. And that's been really fun, too. Fantastic. That'll keep you busy for a while. Absolutely, it will. <laughs> there's a there's a tie-in to National Public Radio in Illinois. How does it that is. work? Yeah, so we were approached by NPR Illinois, our local affiliate here in Springfield, Illinois, uh, because they wanted to get out to podcasters and really bring in the community. And so they've tied in with us and we post a lot of our content to their uh, feeds. We are also on air every now and then with them. And it's just been a really great relationship, especially, you know, it does allow for us to be able to grab some of those guests that perhaps we might not have been able to on our own um, because we have sort of the assurance that we are also bringing some degree of integrity and journalistic integrity when it comes to being tied in with NPR as well. So it's been a really great ride that happened in 2019. And really, when you talk about the guests that we've gotten, that basically started during the pandemic. Uh, but up to that point, we were still doing lots of movie reviews, lots of talking about the parks. And then we had a guest on. Uh, his name's Kevin Lima. He directed a goofy movie and Enchanted uh, for Disney. And we had him on and just were talking to him about kind of filmmaking, everything else. And we said, hey, do you have any advice for people out there? And he said, you just have to go and ask for it. And so they, we sort of used that as our mantra to start talking to other people in the Disney space and other guests. And, you know, I get a lot of no's, but I get a few yeses every now and then, too. So it's been really fun. I understand that. Yeah, and it's it's neat when you hit on somebody like that. Golly, I was, uh, by the way, the director of the Goofy movie, our, our friend Greg, who would have loved to be here but can't be here in this, is listening to this as he edits, edits it. And he's going crazy right now because that's, that's one of his favorites. 
I know, I know. I, I loved, um, that was like when I was doing the training runs, I was kind of like uh, thinking about Greg as I was mm-hmm. training because I was so excited to see Powerline Max. And now, like you said, uh, he's editing this now. Greg, I'm still mad that they didn't give us Powerline <laughs> Max at the marathon. They just gave us normal Max. What was that all about? But yeah, so it it was a lot of fun to get to have that connection with Kevin and be able to talk to him about things. And it yeah. really inspired us to keep going. I know what this is leading up to, Craig. This is leading up to a return visit from you at some point when Greg can be here because I, yes, that yeah, sounds he's, great. He's dying right now. Hey, I wanted to share with you, and I'm gonna I'm going to ask you. This is unfair. I'm not going to ask you for favorite interviews or favorite, but maybe a couple episodes that stand out in your memory, things that you would like to talk about here for a minute or two. Well, let's uh, because. Greg is the one uh, that we're talking about at the moment. He loves a goofy movie. On our 100th episode, we invited Kevin Lima back. He's, of course, the director of a goofy movie. And he brought along a couple of friends. He brought along um, he brought along Jason Marsden, who played Max, the voice of Max. Oh, boy. And he also brought along Bill Farmer, of course, the voice of Goofy, uh, Disney legend Bill Farmer. And that was a lot of fun to be able to get the three of them together and to recollect uh, oh, how my. the process was. That was really a, a good time. Also say, jumping ahead 100 episodes, uh, we have had the pleasure of speaking to Yvette Nicole Brown a couple of times, and she was an amazing guest to bring back. And then, like, you know, I know that your community of runners really appreciate the parks, and we've had some tremendous opportunities to talk to some of the Imagineers. Like, uh, we've the conversation we had with Tony Baxter is still one I think about constantly, um, just because he's so responsible for so many of the attractions that we love. But yeah, we've had some amazing opportunities to be able to talk to people. We also had uh, one, uh, your very own, yourself, Bob. You came on for <laughs> some recap episodes way back in January about the marathon. So that it was, was fun. fun it was fun. I really appreciated and enjoyed that. I had a long run this weekend. I listened to a couple that I more or less grabbed at random. I listened to Vanessa's interview of... Doris and I'm Ardoon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Another another Disney legend. So I'm going to look at the carpeting in the land pavilion differently from now on. It's pretty incredible when you hear like her story about the land pavilion and how her family was involved in that too. And I, I thought it was interesting too that she had presented, she was one of the chief people to present Westcott, which of course yes. never came to fruition. But just to think about like someone they spent so much time on that project and so much imagineering that went into that. And then uh, we never got a chance to see it, which is a bummer. But yeah, Doris just became a Disney legend at this past D23 Expo. So it was great to get a chance to talk to her too. Fantastic episode. Truly enjoyed it. Then I listened to uh, Craig's favorite, which was the playoff bracket. Yeah. Or the, uh, the seated playoff bracket for the rides. At Disney World, which, by the way, you got all wrong. So, <laughs> hey, I was the one moderating it, so I didn't get I it all wrong. We invited well, a bunch of you, you, you know, like this is kind of like your segment that I'm on right now. One of the best parts about this space and about Disney in general is it brings people together, and to be able to meet a bunch of different podcasters from around the internet and bring them all together. That was just so much fun. I, I brought on three different shows in addition to our own, and we tried to narrow down what the best attraction is at Disney World. So, Bob, what's the best attraction?
attraction at Disney World? Which one? No, uh, no, 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 no. Spoiler alert. I'm going to steal your idea. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do it in a couple of months. All right. Uh, fair. We'll have yeah, to wait. Now that's a good tease. When March Madness comes around, we'll have to do that. I'll give you my answer after we're done recording here, okay? Perfect. Um, Are we going to have like a play-in games on the March Madness too? Craig, <laughs> do we have play-in games? Hey, we did. We had a yes, couple indeed of play-in did. games. Indeed okay. they did. They had play-in games. I thought it was brilliantly done. I really did. And look, episodes like that, are designed for people on the other end to go, oh, no, who are you kidding? No, that's not right. You need to do, oh, golly. But uh, I did get a kick. I did get a kick out of Vanessa, whose standard answer was, well, I've never ridden either one of them. But <laughs> yeah, my, my poor co-host, Vanessa, I found out uh, is horribly motion sick. Yeah, and so yeah. She does not do a lot of the attractions. And actually, Matthew Kroll from uh, his podcast used to be called Imagineer Podcast. He's now changed it to Imagination Skyway, but he was also one that has motion sickness. So he was able to kind of guide Vanessa through that episode and say, right. hey, I can actually handle this one. So you probably can too, kind of a thing. So that was nice. It was a fun episode. And as many of our friends say, as you know, Craig, ours go pretty long, but putting those two together, I got a good two, two and a half hours out of them. And I really enjoyed it. It, it really, it, it does make the time go by. And I, I appreciated it. It was fun. You know, Craig, I, I think I learned from listening to your podcast, kind of the same thing we have here at Rise and Run, is our community loves Disney, loves Disney World, loves many things Disney, but also loves running at Disney. Now, you've got a community. If we have a Venn diagram, it would be, yeah, you got some runners in there, all right. But you've got folks who, who love the Imagineering, etc., and you're growing that kind of community. Absolutely, you know, it's it's really like I was saying about bringing on the other podcasters. It's great because it allows for such a positive environment and be able to meet people that you never thought that you'd be able to meet. I mean, how many people now, when you go do a run Disney event, love to come up to you, John and Bob, and just say hi because they've listened to you on the show. And so to have those experiences, but then also to be able just to hang out with the two of you and be able to talk to you while we're on your show and just know that we all have this common interest. Now, I also happen to have the run as well, just not run Disney this year, but I'm going to be back there fairly soon. But, you know, I love going out there on a long run and being able to hear your show and being able to uh, kind of take in the experiences that people are having from really around the country, around the world, when you're talking about those reports back on all the runs that are happening, going around and everything else. It's just been a lot of fun to be able to see the growth of your show and to see you kind of come on board as well. And uh, it's that just like, come on, we need more people in this pool because there's always a different perspective on things and you can get something out of uh, whether that be just pure enjoyment, or you also get to hear these really heartfelt stories about people that are doing some of their first run or their first trainings and everything else. And you're right there with them in their ear, encouraging them the whole way, which is just so cool. So we've had some really cool and amazing experiences with those guests, but I also just love 
the episodes where we bring on listeners or we uh, just get to go off and be goofy on a on a topic as well. We've done some draft episodes that have been a lot of fun and those games are just really fun to get like some of that interaction amongst our listeners too. We actually did one, uh, we were invited to St. Louis Comic-Con and we did a live draft there of Disney villains. And so to kind of see that happen in the hall it was really fun to see that happen. And uh, and we actually had a different result from in the hall to the listeners that listened. Uh, my co-host yeah. Brett won in the hall and I won on the <laughs> listener podcast. So, of course, our listeners are smarter than those that attended. The <laughs> Very sure. good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, Craig, I, I love the fact that we don't have fans listening to us. We have friends that listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just great to continue to grow that community. And by you spotlighting different shows or bringing on shows that you've been listening to, that just allows you to have more of those interactions and pick up a, a listener here or there. But it also just allows you to uh, meet these different people and have these different interactions that you could have been able to have any other way. And so it's been just a, a huge trip. I mean, the the Interviews that we've done throughout the pandemic and continuing on beyond that uh, have been really a, a very fun aspect of the show. It's very cool that, you know, we're on the press list for Disney and all of that. That's been just blows my mind when we get an email from Disney that's like, hey, and by the time this is released, um, like the other day. I got an email that just said, hey, do you want to talk to the head writer of Loki? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. So, uh, doing that interview soon. And like, so that should be on the feed by the time um, this episode drops likely. And so it, it just, it's fun that like we get to do that. But more than that are the people that you meet and the people that you get a chance to interact with that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to. Could not agree more. So my friends who are listening right now, do yourself a favor. You're going to enjoy it. Stop by and visit Craig, Vanessa, and Brett at Beyond the Mouse. And Craig, how do they find you? How often is it released? Where can they get you? Yeah, of course. We're a weekly show and you can just search for Beyond the Mouse and you'll find us anywhere uh, you find podcasts. And I'm trying to think if there's just like that one really killer interview or episode that I will send you to. I guess this is one that I, I answer quite a bit, but it's just one of those where I got the email back saying yes. And I had to like have other people read it to make sure that they weren't joking uh, with me. But we had the opportunity to talk to Alan Mankin. It was uh, such a wonderful conversation with him. And, and he's really orchestrated not just my childhood, but my entire life. Right. And so um, it was a remarkable interview. And so that's another one that I can send you back to listen to. Too. There you go. There you go. But you're not going to go wrong grab one at random and you're going to enjoy it. Well-produced, great show, interesting episodes. Give it a try. Craig, thank you for dropping by and spending the time with us. We genuinely appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much for running along with me while I'm having some difficulties on those training runs. I just know that if I want some pure optimism, just shot right in my veins I just put on Rise and Run, and there it is. And you all get me through a lot of long runs. So thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Well, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. I, I will say 
hearing that back uh, when I had the chance to edit it, I was so utterly disappointed that I wasn't able to join you guys. Especially oh, yeah. Yeah, since you, there, was, like so, it, there yeah. was so much... Uh, Powerline Max talk mm-hmm. in that conversation, <laughs> and I, you know I'm so glad that I have a brother in this community who shares the same rage and disappointment that I did after Marathon Weekend, and the fact that they built it up and built it up, and then it was just regular Max. So, yeah. but what are you going to do? But I, I I I will second everything that you said, Bob, during that interview. Beyond the Mouse is an absolutely fabulous podcast. It is so cool that they are tied in with NPR and they're yeah. able to be on Disney's media list. I mean, they have gotten some really, really big heavy hitters. Oh, in yeah. Just the, the general Disney community. You know, they've talked to Idina Menzel. They've mm-hmm. talked to what? several Imagineers and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's really, really cool. So, folks, if you're looking for a new Disney podcast to pull into your rotation, Beyond the Mouse, Craig and his team over there. It's really, really top-notch stuff. I can't wait to listen. Yeah, for Disney fans everywhere. It's it's a good one. Friends are buddy Pamela Fluffy Fizzies. She has a Black Friday sale going on. 20% off, no codes needed. Mm. Good chance to pre-order for Marathon Weekend. Check out our site while you're while I'm thinking about it. It's also a good time. In fact, it's getting late. It's if you're looking for costumes, you're not sure yet. Our friend Alec at Kawaiian Pizza Apparel. It's time to get your order into her for Marathon Weekend. Code to use there is Rise and Run on the Kawaiian Pizza Apparel site. With Kawaiian Pizza Apparel, uh she has a Christmas order deadline was November 20th, which has passed, but a rush order deadline is December 8th. So if you want this stuff for marathon weekend, uh, chat her up, give her a call and get your orders in, get your rush orders in before December 8th. Our friend Heidi proposed folks who aren't running the half or the full marathon in marathon weekend. She has this idea of getting together for the cheer squad. I think it's a neat idea. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested in cheering for either the half or the full, there is a chat group now for that. It's a community chat. It's Marathon Weekend Cheer Squad. So if that's something that interests you, please look it up. And Heidi, thanks for doing that. I think that's a great idea. Upcoming episodes next week, episode 114. We're going to talk about running in groups, group runs, some possible opportunities for those. Episode 115, we're looking for a special guest, but I don't have confirmation on the guests yet, so I don't want to make any announcements beyond that. Okay, time now for the race report. Last week's episode was a rewind. I promised we don't want to leave anybody behind. So I'm going to quickly go over last week's races. So we're back now on November 10th in Tallahassee, Florida, the Memorial to Memorial Veterans Day 5K. Lizzie was there, got to the race, and within in the first mile of this 5K, realized she could PR. Her goal became to beat her old PR 
by at least a minute. She broke into a full sprint at the three-mile marker, ended up PRing by 51 seconds. Yeah. Averaged uh, 12.20 pace, a minute faster than her last magic mile. That's impressive. Always proud of when she runs, but comparing this to where she was last year, can't believe how far Lizzie's come within a year. Uh, Larry was there. Larry did this race, showed us a photo of the medal, which was a dog tag, kind of a neat medal for this race. Also on that day in Sudbury, Mass., the Sudbury Road Road Race 5K, Scott was there. Moving to November 11th, which was Saturday, I believe, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. The Chickamauga Half Marathon at the Chickamauga Battlefield. Uh, Amy, Amy ran there a couple years ago, wanted to try to half. Did it in 210, did enjoy the course. Hadn't been through the Battlefield Park before, so really thought it was kind of interesting running through the National Military Park with a lot of interesting museums. Definitely a recommended race from Amy. Amanda wasn't sure she was going to do it. Guess what? She killed it. She's got a new half marathon PR. Beat her old one by 14 minutes for a half marathon. Minute a mile, better than a minute a mile. Also achieved a goal she's been chasing for four years. She broke two hours and 30 minutes in the half marathon. Never really thought it was within her reach. Now she's celebrating it. How about that, Jack? That's amazing. It's impressive. Congratulations, Amanda. Brittany. Brittany was also at this race in Monterey, California, the Monterey Bay Half Marathon and Pacific Grove Lighthouse 5K. Our friends Alan and his wife Grace did the half marathon. No PRs, but they made it through. Look forward to seeing Alan at Marathon Weekend. Kate was there. Kate Took it slow and steady. Her first run back after a tendonitis issue caused her to take a bit of a training break. She says most beautiful 5K she's ever done. Plus, she added two and a half miles of a warm-up. Bonus, got to high-five the race announcer, our buddy Fitz. In Brookfield, Connecticut, Sue ran the Steep Endurances 4.2-mile trail race. This was part of their ultra event. Eight hours at the farm. Most difficult race so far this year for Sue, but it's town 144 out of 169. In Avalon, California, the Catalina Island 10K, Camille, most elevation Camille's encountered on a race or in training. Also the most stunning views on a course she could imagine. Great, friendly people, casual atmosphere, Forgot to stop her watch. How many times have we done that? Cross the finish line, forget to stop your Garmin. Doesn't know what her time was. Her dad ran this when her dad did the 10K. It was his first 10K. So, dad, here's a PR bell for you. Two of her three kids did the race, did the 1K fun run. Two out of three did it. One out of two liked it. We'll let it go at that. In Boone, North Carolina, we mentioned at the top of the episode that Maggie and Brad live in Boone. Well, Maggie did the Spooky Duke 10K at Appalachian State University. The Richmond, Virginia Half Marathon. Hannah was there. Hannah did this run. Chilly morning, otherwise beautiful day. This is 
Hannah's third half marathon. Lots of hills. Uh, part of the course even went through a paved trail. This was Hannah's first run solo. It was kind of weird not having a running buddy or other people waiting at the finish line. Nevertheless, her fastest time for a half of 2.51, and she just had the best race. Time to prepare now for the Walt Disney World Marathon. That 2.51 for Hannah is a PR. In Winter Garden, Florida, John and Margaret did the Run for the Gift of Swimming 5K. They've done this. This is the seventh year in a row that they've done this. Uh, seventh year for Margaret, third for John. Margaret, who is one of our costume, Council of Costume members, dressed like a swimming pool. Well, kind of. Her dress kind of looked like a swimming pool. Uh, got to run next to her little buddy, Alden, for a while. Nikki and Margaret are in their third weekend running the same races. Margaret also ran into run princess friend Esther. Just great to see so many local people, so many friends. Strange title on this one. I remember it from the last time they ran. The Run for the Gift of Swimming race. The proceeds benefit swimming lessons for underprivileged children. In Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Jimmy ran the Dollywood Light the Way 5K. Great run with amazing friends. No PR, but Jimmy ran both days that weekend. We'll see how he did on Sunday. Alicia, I got to ask about this one since uh, Jimmy's one of your clients. Like, Is this like a like Christmas time type race at Dollywood? Because if that's the case, that sounds incredible. It is. And they had all the lights and stuff. Um, and his run on Sunday isn't actually there, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. Right. It's, yeah. Different location. Uh, it's it's not in Cheshire, Connecticut, but our next race is in Cheshire, Connecticut, the Hot Cocoa 5K. Rachel did this. Town number 76 out of 169 for Rachel. Excellent pace. And Rachel earned an age group award. Congratulations, Rachel. Crystal. Crystal ran the Stone Mill 50-miler in Montgomery County, Maryland. Her first ever 50-miler, so let's get that PR bill out of the way. Congratulations, Crystal. Her goal was to finish and have fun, and by golly, she did it. Great photos, and Crystal, to her credit, had a long list of folks that she thanked for helping her to train and get ready and complete that 50 miler wrapping up on Saturday, November 11th, the loop of the lake 25 K in Monroe falls, Ohio. Lori did this one, a mile loop around a lake, which included one hill that if you start doing it often enough, you begin to give it dirty names for the last few laps. Lori didn't say dirty names. I just added it. She just said names. Uh, 32 degrees at the start. It sounds cold. But it was fun. It was so fun stopping every few laps to pet her dog friends. That's cool. For Lori, this was the last race that she's going to run in her age group 
and decade. She moves on to the next one because she had a birthday. Let's move to Sunday, November 12th. This is a biggie. The Athens Marathon in Athens, Greece. Paige was there. Her sixth marathon, but her first non-run Disney marathon. Uh, mostly an uphill course. I understand this is a pretty hilly course, the, the marathon, the Athens Marathon. I uh, kept the pace down. Running into the stadium for the last part, for the finish of this race, absolutely epic. Congratulations, Paige. That's a big deal. Was uh, the Galloways there for the, any of that? Don't think so. Last year for sure, John. Last year they had a big group over there. I don't think so this year. Okay. This I don't cute. remember hearing about it. Uh, let's go to Castleberry, Florida for the Trusco Veterans 5K. Julie was there. Julie finished this event in her with her A-linker, of course. The Arizona Veterans Day Run 5K, Molly. Molly's first run post-surgery. She set up and stuck with her run-walk-run intervals. Tired now, but the race went great. Congratulations, Molly. Love hearing about folks coming back from injuries and surgeries. Glad you're doing well. In Cypress, Texas, the Cypress Half Marathon. Kate was there, as was Katrina. This was her third half marathon and the place where it all started. And she got her words now. A PR, baby. Now, she PR'd at the 5 and 10K points. That bell was for the finish. Celebrate that major accomplishment. Of course, she celebrated with a homemade breakfast, a pedicure, and a manicure. Okay, that's one way to do it. Katrina will see you in February at the Princess Runs. The Apple Hill 5K in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada Mountains in Northern California. Becky, this is Becky's first race report. Nice photos, got a cool wine stopper medal, and a PR. You gotta love a multi-purpose medal, something that you can hang on your wall and also put into your wine bottle. Philly's big on that. Philly's yes, big on that yep, for the with Broad the, State Run. Yeah, with the bottle opener, yep. Bottle opener, yeah. Never used it as a bottle opener, but it's there. Uh, let's see. In Boston, the BAA Half Marathon. Riley, hilly but beautiful course. Made for a memorable morning. Riley's second fastest half of the year at 218. And Riley's third unicorn, which, of course, talking about the unicorn logo on the medals, for 2023. That's pretty cool. Christina and Christina's daughter, Lindsay, were also there. At the St. Pete Run Fest, they had a 5K, a 10K, and a half. All three of our rising runners did the half. Hot and humid, says Laura. Uh, course support was good till the finish when they ran out of water. That's not good. However, they cheered for everyone as they ran by the vacant water stands thirsting with their tongues hanging out. But they cheered for everyone who finished all the way to the last run, and we'll give them credit for that. Dawn and Jen were also at this event. In the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, the Cades Cove Loop Lope, Amy got a PR for the 10-mile distance. 
this one must have been hilly because Amy mentioned it, as did Timothy. Timothy said his knees were killing him, as did, and here he is, Jimmy. Jimmy says the first 5K, the first five miles were great. And then the rest were the worst hills he's ever run. So Amy, Timothy, and Jimmy all say that the hills were tough at the Cades Cove, Loop Lope, Smoky Mountains, Tennessee. Now for Jimmy, his first 10 miler, so he nailed that PR. Yes, he did. They count by golly. South Kingstown, Rhode Island, the Angry Unicorn Half Marathon. Heather in the Pushrim Division and Andrew were there. Those medals had to have been fantastic. Could you imagine? I think Heather were inflatable. No, she didn't. Yeah, I think she did. So, uh, yeah, at the front door. Yeah, I don't have it for somehow some reason, and it's got to do with the fact that I'm trying to do two weeks in a row. I remember seeing that picture, John, but I don't have any notes on how the race went out for for Heather. But yeah, I do remember seeing that. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, the St. Louis Track Club 5K. Katie was there. Trust the training, says Katie. Six months ago, a 5K seemed like the biggest challenge in the world. 3.1 miles felt like forever. It's amazing now, after training, to continually decrease the mileage and the training runs 5K. Kind of much more comfortable now. No, No PRs, but it still felt like the race flew by. Good stuff, Katie. Congratulations in Manchester, New Hampshire. The CMC Manchester City 5K. Mary, five months post-C-section ran this one with Baby Z in a stroller. Baby Z, hashtag Dopey Baby. Funny names. But anyway, uh, as usual, Baby Z was no help at all. Fell asleep before the race. Started, made Mary do all the work. What a slacker. 30 degrees on this one. Cold race day up in New Hampshire. Uh, Tons of strollers, however. Big benefit to Mary's self-esteem because they caught and passed a bunch of other stroller runners. Way to go. Managed an almost four-minute stroller PR. Aww. One of our friends that we interviewed, I think it might have been Neely, actually established, and I think it was her, established a world record for the stroller mile. Wait, seriously? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go look that up for another episode, but I'm pretty I, sure that's yeah, right. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, Bob. Yeah, pretty sure that's right. Yep. All right. So there you go, Mary. There's something, there's a goal to shoot for. <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin, the Madison Half Marathon. Laura, a bit chilly and windy, not terrible for November in Wisconsin. Uh, the hills were pretty tough, but extremely happy with the results because Laura PR'd this half. In Annapolis, Maryland, the Bay Bridge, Bay Bridge Run. Jennifer says it was a bit windy. That happens a lot on bridge runs. Overall, the weather was crisp, perfect for a bridge run, Ran it, runs it with her sister every year. They always have a great time. If you're in the Annapolis area, it's worth checking out. Our friend Tom 
from the Will Run For podcast was also there. At the University of Connecticut, Sue did the Run and Ruck 5K, Sue's second run of this weekend. Not a new town towards Sue's count of 169. Uh, It was a Vets Day celebration run. Lots of folks running with rucksacks in the Run and Ruck 5K. In Milwaukee, the Girls on the Run Southwestern Wisconsin Fall 2023 5K, Noelle, the charity she's supporting for the Fairy Tale Challenge, Girls on the Run. 45 degrees and windy. Use this as part of her training, kind of a catered training run. Wasn't trying too hard, but PR'd anyway. Love those stories. I'm not trying, but I PR. That's always nice. Jackie did the Santa Clarita half marathon as part of her dopey training. Course was on her regular training route, so that's familiar. That's kind of nice. Again, not expecting very much, but PR'd by two minutes. Jackie did it without looking at her watch. Had a great time despite the fact that since this was the inaugural event, there were some issues that needed to be ironed out. It'll get better. Okay, that wraps up what we missed last episode. Let's run through this week's race report and starting Greensboro, North Carolina, where Jeremy ran the Greensboro Half Marathon. It was marathon weekend in Philadelphia. On Saturday, they had the 8Ks and the half. Jennifer ran the 8K. Jennifer met Martinez at the Expo. So a nice photo there. That was pretty cool. Ran the Rothman 8K with Rothman 8K with her friend Tula, which was Jennifer's first 8K. So of course, there's a PR. I think she set this PR because she was wearing her rise and run bib boards to hold her absolutely bib onto her it's, shirt. it's science it, it it's it's guaranteed that's you know, part it, of it's, it yeah. <laughs> it's it's in very f- small fine print on the packaging yeah they take off, off seconds off your time now the fact the fact that it was her first 8, 8k was probably a bigger part but yes uh, <laughs> a little chilly in philly i guess uh, windy 50 degrees sunny that's not too bad Beautiful run along the water, fall leaves changing colors, celebrated with cheesesteaks and margaritas. That sounds good to me. Margaritas were on Alicia, right? Did you no, it should have been. I, or maybe the cheese <laughs> and the cheesesteaks. I don't know. Uh, let's using see that who else plastic was. cheese, Bob. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, no, you know, no. I, I, I asked Jennifer about I asked Jennifer about this cheesesteak, and she did not get you know, she got she went true authentic with it looked like with the Cooper Sharp, uh, not with the, the canned cheese whiz. So she went authentic, not tourist not, cheese. Not with whiz. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Brenna was there. Brenna ran Taylor Swift's favorite number plus point one. That's the sign that she saw. Thirteen point one. Uh, this course didn't have mile markers. The Philly. Half marathon didn't have mile markers, had 5, 10, 15, and 20 kilometer markers and uh, start and finish signs. She didn't even realize when she crossed the start line. She ran with her friends, Nikhil and Jessica, and all three of them 
PR. Kelly was also there finishing her first half in a very long time. She says, I still have work to do to make it through the Disney World Marathon weekend, but I can't wait. Kelly, you're not alone. We all have work to do yet to get ready, but we're in the process. And I hope they all got their medals that week. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the big storyline coming out of the Philly half. And I'll tell you, probably not a good look that Martinez Evans was there too, because I'm sure if he had... Uh, anything to do with it. He probably went and went to talk to a race director about that one. Uh, yeah, I imagine you're right. Imagine you're right. How, how do you not order enough medals? No. It makes no that's, sense that's to me. unforgivable. I agree. Uh, let's move to Texas for the Great Houston Pie Run. Brandy. Brandy walked this one. She's recovering from an injury. Understand. Good job, Brandy. Uh, she, Brandy was wearing an absurd turkey hat. Ran with her run buddies. You got to see the photos. I think she pulled it off. Plus, Brandy and her buddies brought tutus to a non-run Disney race. Uh, Amanda was also there. Jennifer, Jennifer, what a difference a year makes for Jennifer. Last year, it was raining, number one, for the race. And her friends, because of it, dropped just to the 5K instead of the 10K. This time, the weather was perfect, and her 5K time is inching closer to her pre-surgery times. She'll take that as a win. I understand completely, Jennifer. It's nice to see those times coming back. It takes a while. you got to be patient. Remember, baby steps, but you're getting there. Congratulations. Glen Rose, Texas, the Dinosaur Valley Endurance Run 50K. Jason, a 50K, third overall ultra, second 50K. Really wasn't ready for how technical this course was or how much elevation change was involved. Uh, Most of the course was covered either in roots or rocks. He hit quite a few with his foot throughout the day, never did fall, But at one point, and you know how this can be, you're starting to fall and you go to pull yourself out of it and you end up pulling a muscle from one of the near falls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the good news. He was able to work through it and PR this 50K. Remember, this is his second 50K. Yeah. PR by two hours. Holy camoli. Yeah. Jason. Nice job. Glad you weren't hurt badly either, buddy. That's good. In Holly Springs, North Carolina, the Holly Springs Half Marathon, Brian. Brian did it as a catered training run, but it went pretty well. Brian walked away with a half marathon PR, sub 230, beat his previous best by three and a half minutes. Brian says this is the best supported race he's done outside of Disney World's aid stations about every mile and a half. They had water. They had sports drinks. They had goo. Uh, nice. The trail, the, the race course was nice. Went through neighborhoods, trails, paved, and mulched. Uh, ran through a downtown Main Street in Holly Springs. And at the end, there was a great medal and finisher pancakes, sausage, 
and beer, breakfast of champions, pancakes, sausage, and beer. Megan, this weekend, did the New York Roadrunners virtual run for Thanks 5K. Melissa was in Savannah for the Honor Mark 5K. Her whole little family, both kids, ages nine and four, did this one. Uh, First real kids races, they did great. 5K wasn't about the time, but the time that they spent with friends. That sounds familiar. Uh, No medal because all the proceeds go back to the first responder and military and their families. And I'm sure Melissa's proud of this. The kids ask, hey, can we do it again next year? That's cool. Uh, Mary was supposed to do the Oak Community Turkey Trot in Apopka, Florida. She couldn't. She got called into work, so she had to scratch that one. In Niagara Falls, New York, the Grassroots Gardens 15K. Amy, beautiful day for a run to the brink of Niagara Falls and back. That's good as opposed to the brink of Niagara Falls and over. That would be bad. Yes, brink and be back. Bad. Unless you're in a wooden barrel, then, <laughs> then things might be a little better for you. Yeah. Uh, Amy did well. Took it relatively easy. She's got a turkey trot coming up on Thanksgiving today. But. For a 15K, still got a three-plus-minute PR. Way to go, Amy. In Baton Rouge, the greater Baton Rouge lit run, Emily ran a 5K. This is Emily's first race report. Thanks for submitting it, Emily. This is the inaugural Baton Rouge 5K it's a run to raise awareness of children's literacy in their parish. And Emily won. Not first female, not age group, flat out first finisher overall. Congratulations. Yeah. Missed, missed setting a PR by a second, but finished the 5K in just under 24 minutes. Won the whole thing. Way to go. I'm impressed. In Norfolk, Virginia, the Norfolk Harbor 5K, Taylor, this is day one of the Get Naughty Challenge, N-A-U-T-I. Norfolk, if you're not familiar with the area, large naval presence, big naval base in Norfolk, the Get Naughty Challenge, play on words there. Uh, Taylor ran it a little harder than intended, knowing that she was going to take 13.1 miles the next day as a catered training run, but did well in this 5K, still finished in under 30 minutes. I think that's a great goal. Finishing up Saturday in Zionsville, Indiana, Jeff, our buddy Jeff, ran his 99th half marathon. I'm pretty sure Jeff plans to run half number 100 at Disney World but I'm not certain. Well, he is perfect dopey, so he's probably there for that. Yeah, he is. That's right. That's right. Thanks, John. I'd forgotten about that. So, yeah. And, yeah, he'll be there for it. And, I, and I'm and i I'm almost certain. I remember him writing a while back that he had set up so he could do yeah. 100 at Disney. That's pretty cool. So, let's see. Moving on to Sunday, still at Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Marathon. We talked about the other distances on Saturday. Emily and Katrina both ran their first marathons. So those are PRs. And Molly was there also. In Tampa, the sixth annual veterans run, Julie 
did that one with her A-linker, I presume. In Claremont, Florida, Margaret and John, who ran the day before in the run for swimming, did the Great Turkey Trot 5K. Love the venue of this race, but the terrain is not the greatest for speed. So Margaret and John just stood around and took a lot of pictures and dressed as scarecrows and scared crows away. And at the end of the race, earned their medal, plus an apple cider donut, got to pick sunflowers, even got some cute pumpkins. Kayla was there. Kayla forgot her sunglasses, forgot them for wine and dine half also. Hey, we'll talk about what you need to bring for the Disney World Marathon, but sunglasses is on that list. Uh, Terrain, just like Margaret and John said, was tough. It was sandy and They got some rain over in Central Florida. We have not gotten a lot here on the West Coast. But three days of Florida rain made the course tough. Uh, Kayla maintained a better-than-balloon-lady pace and then went to Hollywood Studios to celebrate. Jen was also at this race. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Noelle was at the Elf Run. She did it in a six-minute PR. Couldn't be happier. Uh, knew she was around this time when she ran her half in October. Then to know she was fifth in her age group, that's pretty cool. Big confidence booster. Great run for Noel. Moving down south to Mobile, Alabama. In Battleship Park, the Publix Battleship 12K. We had a couple friends running that one. And we're delighted to have one of those friends here to talk with us about it. Jody, welcome to the Race Report Spotlight. Hey, guys. Welcome. Great. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you doing that. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Oh, sure. Now. This is a place I've been to before, but have not run. I understand it's a great event, but talk about the area just a little bit. What Battleship Park, I think they call it. Uh, What's special about Battleship Park? Yes. So Battleship Park is where the USS Alabama is located. It's a beautiful memorial park uh, where visitors can go. Um, They can visit Uh, Check out the USS Alabama, which was used during World War II. Um, It sits there on Battleship Park, right? Or sits there right in the Mobile Bay. You can go on that ship, tour it. Um, They have other um, airplanes and submarines out there. People can tour and see. It's it's just a beautiful park. You can picnic out there. It's it's wonderful. Um, And it's all in honor of, you know, all our veterans who have served um, on the USS Alabama and in all of our armed forces. You know, it's just a great place. They used to let organizations like the Cub Scouts and I'm sure other spend the night on the battleship. They still do that? Yes, they still do. I mean, I, you know, the last I heard, you know, I had some friends who took their sons there and they got to sleep on the battleship overnight. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool for kids. It really is. And then there's a, there's a World War II submarine there too. There sure is. Yeah, that's still there. I got to walk through that. I would not have been a good submariner in World War II. My goodness. No, there's no there's no room on there. There's zero room on those. <laughs> yeah. And 
Gosh. Anyway, it is a nice area. So that's cool. Tell us about the run. And the run's not just right there. The run must be around the Mobile area, right? Yeah, so the run starts actually across the bay over in um, an area called Spanish Fort up on Spanish Fort Hill. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a pretty area. We start on Spanish Fort Hill. You start, it's the first mile is a nice, beautiful downhill run. um, And it brings you onto the causeway. uh, And you're just running along the Mobile Bay um, all along the causeway until you get over there. there's maybe, I think, two, maybe three small bridges you go over. Um, the first one being smaller. The very last one is, you know, the final hurrah to cross into Battleship Park, and it is larger. But um, but really beautiful run. You get to see fishermen out there. You've got uh, fishermen fishing on the side of the causeway, the boats out there in, in Mobile Bay. It's just a beautiful run. And I would say it started in, um, I think it was 2015 when this first started. This was the eighth year. Um, and it's it's been gorgeous weather every time I've done this event. I think one time we had the heat where we all wished colder. So how many times have you done it? Oh, I've done it since the start. Done every one, huh? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. I was telling my husband today, I said they need to do something for the perfect yeah. runners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should. Maybe they will when they get to 10 years or so. That, right, would be, right. that would be pretty neat. That is a lovely area. I've, I've been there. I didn't spend a lot of time there, but that whole uh, uh, Daphne, Fairhope, Mobile, around the Bay, very pretty area. And a nice, a lot of things to do. It's just a nice part of the state of Alabama. They and do pretty- a great job with this too, you know, honoring the veterans, um, honoring the, the men and women who are still serving in our country. Um, and they just do a great job from the start of the race to the end of the race when you go through at Battleship Park. Um, all the hoopla and fanfare that you get when you get into the park, getting your medal, uh, just everything over there. They, it's a it's a A plus kind of uh, event, you know. Outstanding. How did the race go for you, Jody? It was great. So, you know, um, I had a friend from Fort Lauderdale come into town and she says, I want to do this with you. Um, my friend is not a full on runner. Um, and I said, well, you need, you need to train for this. It's farther than a 5k and she's done a 5k before. Um, but she didn't do all the training. So, um, we decided to keep her on the safe side from injury. It's best if we do more walking than running. So, we did more walking. We did some, um, a little bit of intervals near the end there, but, uh, it was a gorgeous run, race, event, and uh, overall, I was real happy just to be out there, be moving, um, helping my friend accomplish something that she's never accomplished, which, you know, she's never done a 12K. Um, That's awesome. And in the end, she was really sweet, and she says, all right, the new year, 2024, I am going to plan to do some training so that I can run this more next year with you. Yeah. And Um, enjoy it a little more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but we enjoyed the day. It was just beautiful weather and, you know, great friendship and seeing everybody on the course and cheering everybody on. That's fantastic. Now you've done this for eight years. When did you get started running? So I started running when I was um, 44 and I'm 53 now. And uh, so at 44, I had a challenge from a boot camp instructor 
saying, you know, I want to see if everybody wants to join the challenge. You just run one mile each day on top of what you do. And at the time I was doing her boot camp. So I thought, well, I can run a mile. That's easy. And then I got out there and I tried it and I realized I didn't know how to run. I didn't know how to <laughs> breathe and run. And I couldn't run longer than 30 seconds. What did I get myself into? <laughs> so, But the challenge was on from that point for me to learn how to run and breathe properly. And through that process, I learned that I actually enjoyed running and the endorphins in, that I had afterwards that made me feel so good. And next thing you know, I had my friends were like, let's go run a 5K, a 10K. And, and then my one friend said, do you want to try a half? And I was like, absolutely. So um, it just kind of spun off. Outstanding. Now, you, you do run at Disney, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your history there? So I started running Disney with the inaugural springtime surprise. Uh, that was my first event. Um, I did a 10K with my daughter, and then I followed it up with the 10-miler the next day. Right. That was uh, two years ago, I think. Yes. And I will say that 10K was the hottest, most humid 10K. Oh, it was. It was indeed. It was very humid. I was nervous yeah. for the 10-miler, but I'll tell you this, that 10-miler, the temperatures were drastically different. And I loved that 10 miler. It was great. I said, well, why wasn't yesterday like this? Yeah. John, John, you were down there for that one, weren't you, two years ago, springtime? Yeah, I was at the inaugural springtime. Yeah. Yes. Because I did the 10K. I was still I, I was still not able to complete those runs, but you did the uh, 10 miler also, I think, right? Yeah, I did both. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. The, 10, the 10K day was a lot warmer than the 10 miler day. It was really humid. It sure was. Yes, that, that, that made for a tough 10K for me. Um, but, you know, persevered, got through it, did that, did the uh, 10 miler the next day, just had a good time. That was my first run Disney experience. So, you know, I was just super excited to be there and, and see what it was all about, see what all the hype was about that I was, you know, seeing on social media and hearing about. So that was a lot of fun. But since then, I've done the wine and dine. Um, I did the challenge at the wine and dine, the two course challenge. And then January of, uh, let's see of this year, January yeah, 23. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> we think of it as last year, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. So last year I actually decided I'm going to run, um, the marathon. That was one of my goals. And my daughter said, if you do the marathon, do it in Disney. So it's the most fun marathon ever. If you never do another one. Uh, and so that really was my, my train of, you know, my thought process, but, uh, what I wasn't prepared for was the marathon training. And on top of teaching full time and training, I, I tell my husband, I look back all the time and I'm like, that training felt like a second job. Sure does. We talked about it earlier tonight. Yeah, it sure does. But accomplishing that was, was a huge thing. Something I wanted to do at 50, um, but uh, you know, life didn't have that in the cards for me at 50. So um, you know, doing it this year at 52 was, was a huge success. And I was it sure is. Yeah, it sure is. When are you back at Disney? So I will, I just did wine and dine here in November. Uh -huh. Um, it was great. Um, yeah. Weather was perfect. Yes. That really was perfect weather. Um, I'm going out to California to Disneyland in January. Good for you. So I'll do the Dumbo Double Dare out there and then I'll come back to uh, Orlando in February for the princess. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Good luck in California. Thank and you. Uh, 
I'll see you in February. Excellent. Excellent. That's going to be a good one. The princess. I'm doing the princess half marathon. It'll be my daughter's first half marathon. Oh, that's, that's terrific. I, I really, really enjoy seeing the stories of families running together. That's fantastic. Yeah. This is my daughter who basically told me many years ago, she did the battleship with me one time. And uh, I said, well, look at that. You did it. And she says, and I didn't like it at all. and now she has since run a disney 10k twice um she did springtime this year with me and then she said i think i can do a half marathon and i said i think you can too so we got sure yeah outstanding outstanding yeah and she works for disney too so she's down there all the time good deal jody great stuff i had always heard good things about this run and thank you for giving us the highlights from your event. So we appreciate you being with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Jody. Also at this event, Jessica was there, as was Mike. Mike's first time running the 12K distance. We know what that means. Mike echoes what Jody said. Great weather. Very inspirational, supporting those that served. It's a nice race great medal. I'm sorry I never did this one, but it sounds like it was a lot of fun. All right, back at the Norfolk Harbor, this time for the half marathon and day two of the Get Naughty Challenge. Taylor's 17th half since she first started two years ago at this specific race, so 17 in two years, that's quite a bit. Having a little cheer squad throughout race weekend was special. The baby will be three on the day of the Dopey 5K, which, by the way, is just six weeks away. Uh, She's starting, this is kind of cute, I think. Taylor says she's starting to understand these races now that when they travel to an event, the baby says, we're on a trip to say, yay, mama. That's cool. That's cool, Taylor. Thanks. Uh, Also, at the same event, there was a 10K. Hannah ran the 10K. Just decided last week she's going to sign up for it and do it went with zero intent to PR because she just PR'd a half marathon at Richmond a week prior, still managed to knock almost four minutes off of her previous 10K PR time to make her second PR in eight days. Nicely done, Hannah. Cape Elizabeth, Maine, the Maine Track Club's Turkey Trot 5K. Erin ran and her children, her daughter, Charlie ran her first 5K, and her son, Finney, did this one. Last year, this was Finney's first race. Uh, So much fun. Loves watching these six-year-olds finish, achieve their goals. I thought it was neat. Nice post, nice photos. Thanks, Aaron. Congratulations, Charlie and Finney. Oh, by the way, Charlie's first 5K. Hey, Charlie, this PR bell's for you. Rachel was also there, did a 5K with her son and husband. Her daughter did the kids race. Her husband now has the duty of running with the son because Rachel's son is already too fast for her to keep up with. That's cool. In New Fairfield, Connecticut, the run for the Turkeys 5K. Sue, beautiful November day, hilly course. Came in third in her age group. Way to go, Sue. Race 145 out of 169. It won't be long. Sue is checking those off 
like clockwork. In Ocala, Florida, the Christmas Light Spectacular 5K, Rachel and her husband, first 5K since 2020. Uh, husband's first 5K since he started his battle with cancer. Congratulations. Good luck. Glad to see you out there. Best wishes for everything. And wrapping up the race weekend, the Cleveland Fall Classic Half Marathon in Strongsville, Ohio. Lori, cold start to this race, but the sun came out to warm it up. Nice sunny day in the mid-40s. As I recall, I must admit it's been a while since I've been in those conditions. That's not too hard to take. Uh, second in her age group with an 11-minute PR for this race in the half marathon. Lots and lots of turkey trot races coming up today, probably. Uh, enjoy them. We'll report on them next week. This would normally be a Zoom Thursday, but as it is Thanksgiving Day, we're going to skip it and pick it up again next week and then go back to our two-week schedule. So November 30th, then December 14th, then December 28th. And then, and then we'll be at Disney World. So, and if you need an extra half an hour on this episode, we know it's a long episode. Go back and listen to episode six for us, guys, please. Oh, John. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I, I think it's a great idea. No, it is a great idea, but it, everybody knows the long inside joke about how. Well, not everybody. Be, okay, not everybody, but you know, that um, our original thanksgiving episode is our least downloaded episode of all yeah. time but yeah. there's some really really beautiful messages in there so go definitely go check everyone, go. Let, everyone listens to it says it's good but it's, it's just so, not a lot of people listen to it <laughs> it was just you know six episodes into our yep. career here yeah. exactly yeah all right friends look i hope you're i hope you're knocking this training run out. Now, I realize not everybody's listening to this on a training run, but if you are, I hope it's going well for you. Remember what we said up top. Get it done. Get it finished. You're the Visualize. How many folks said that? Visualize. You're nearly done. You can do it. It's an exciting time, and you know we're in your corner. All right, my friends. That concludes... Episode 113. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, happy happy Thanksgiving. Day. I'll add mine. Happy Thanksgiving. And until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.